Pledge of Allegiance with the music going. Okay, let's get this meeting started. Today is October the 17th, 2017, and I'm calling this meeting to order. I would like to have the pledge led by none other than our commissioner, Mark Bogan. It is customary in these chambers that we recognize a moment of silence for those brave men and women who are serving both here and abroad. Additionally to that, if we've lost anyone in our community, we would like to have the commissioners recognize them and honor them during that moment of silence as well. Commissioners, Commissioner Udine. Thank you, Mayor. I just would be remiss if I didn't mention again the passing of Diane Glasser, former Vice Mayor of Tamarack and Democratic National Committee woman and super large personality in politics throughout the country. Uh, we had her funeral on Sunday, and uh, I just want to keep her and her family in our prayers. Thank, Thank you. you. Any other commissioners? to uh, former commissioner and committee chairwoman, Diane Glasser. Uh, Diane was the person who was everywhere. Uh, she participated uh, within every organizational uh, activity that happened in Broward County. Uh, yes, she was a Democrat, but I think she transcended that. Uh, in terms of the diversity of ethnicities and cultures that we have in Broward County, Diane transcended that. She was uh, a people person, and certainly we need more people like those in Broward County. With that, we'll have a moment of silence. Thank you. You may be seated. I know you heard the wonderful music coming from our speakers this morning. Uh, that music is selected uh, this morning by Commissioner Udine. For those of you who are just joining us today, each uh, commission meeting we select music to kind of keep you in the mood and keep everybody happy. Commissioner Udine selected the music, and his first selection was Thriller by Michael Jackson. <laughs> and his second selection was I Won't Back Down by the late Tom Petty. Yeah. Two very good songs to, to start the day with. Uh, this morning, yes. And, and this morning, breakfast was provided by Metro Diner from Tamarack and Coral Springs. And they'll be soon opening in Pembroke Pines on University and Pines Boulevard, which will fall in Vice Mayor First District. But I have promised that I would be at their ribbon cutting because they have good biscuits too. All right. The uh, first proclamation for Broward Means Business this morning, it will be presented to former All-Pro Miami Dolphins linebacker John Offerdahl and his wife Lynn, who operates six restaurants employing 95 people aptly named Offerdahl's Off the Grill. These restaurants are located in districts 4, 5, 6, and 7. So with that, I will have Commissioner Lamarca, Commissioner Geller, Vice Mayor Furr, and Commissioner Ryan join me at the podium, please. Thank you. 
because it's in their district. Okay, let's go. Okay, how about, do you all want to go down there? Yes. Okay, so everybody's going to leave the dais. Okay, thank you. But I'll do it. We are, no, no, but we're, we're going to give you the proclamation first. Oh, no, we we'll break the hut. Can we do that? When's the last time you guys broke the hut? We'll do that. We'll do that. It is very early in the morning, and getting nine of us together and doing the same thing is really quite a feat. Okay. This proclamation reads, whereas former All-Pro Miami Dolphins linebacker John Offerdahl and his wife Lynn currently operate six quick casual restaurants aptly named Offerdahl's Off the Grill with 95 employees and whereas Offerdahl's Off the Grill is home to the Gridion Griller, Gridiron Griller, wow, John's alter ego personality. Yeah, yeah, you didn't know that. The griller, is, <laughs> the griller of the gridiron persona was developed from John's love of tailgating and backyard barbecuing. And whereas in 2010, John launched his first annual gridiron grill off food and wine festival. Oh, my God, if I say that twice, three times, that might be hard. <laughs> Where 25 Miami Dolphin legends team up with the South Florida's top chefs to vie for fans as they eat, drink, and vote on their favorite grill recipe and compete in cornhole. It's a beanbag game. Make clear. You guys are joking, right? <laughs> All proceeds benefit Offer Doll's Handoff Foundation and its mission to feed the needs of those in crisis. And whereas in 2005, Offer Dolls received the nation's restaurant news distinction of being the top 50 fast casual concepts in America. Shortly after the release of the top 50 fast casual, the NRN recognized Offer Dolls with the prestigious Hot Concept Award, a celebrated award given to only five trending and hot concepts in the restaurant industry. And whereas in 1990, John and Lynn co-founded Offer Dolls Bagel Gourmet and grew the concept to 10 stores before joining three other bagel entrepreneurs in March of 1999 to form Einstein Brothers Bagels, a national bagel retailer, and whereas from 1986 to 1994, John was a five-time all-pro middle linebacker for the Miami Dolphins in the National Football League. Go Go ahead. And during his playing years, he... He captained the defense and received numerous accolades, including the NFL's Rookie of the Year in 1986, the NFL's Ed Block Courage Award, the Nat Moore Community Service Award, and the Traveler's Man of the Year Award in 2013. John was inducted into the Miami Dolphins Ring of Honor. 
whereas John has been involved in many community service organizations across South Florida, such as the National Christian Foundation of South Florida, the Florida Restaurant and Lodging Association, and a member of the Orange Bowl Committee. Now, therefore, be it proclaimed by the Board of County Commissioners of Broward County, Florida, that the board hereby designates Tuesday, October the 17th, 2017, as Broward Means Business, John Offered All Day in Broward County, Florida. You do, of course. It's my day, it's my wife, Lynn, it's our day. Football is the theme. Holly, we're excited to, to hear about you too. That's pretty neat to have a quarterback. Just so you know, linebackers are taught to tackle quarterbacks. So I'm leaning backwards right now. I can feel them. But, uh, so I'm going to do something I don't think a county commission has ever done anywhere, ever. I'm going to break a huddle. And I'm going to break a huddle in a cool way because I had a little sign that was next to my bed when I grew up. I grew up with four older sisters, by the way. So I had to find football. All right? I had to find it. And there on my side of my bed was a sign that said, in life as in football, hit the line hard. All right? Don't foul. Don't shirk. Hit the line hard. Pretty cool, huh? Yeah. Hit the line hard twice because the first time it hurts. The second time you get back on your feet and you do it again. Right? Right, Holly? Yeah. All right. So I'm going to break the huddle. We're all going to get together. I'm going to say hit the line. And just the commission is going to say anyone. Hard. Hard. You ready? You Bring it in. Bring it in. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> ready? Hit the line. Hard. 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 <laughs> all right. Not bad. Not bad for the first time. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. 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 On behalf of all of my employees, we actually call them players yeah. of our team. Uh, we just thank the mayor, Mayor Sharif, and all the county commissioners. And Chip, my district home. All right? All thank right. you very much. Okay. Come on, man. Come on up here. For, for the cameras. Wow. There you go. This is not your home. Oh, that's not. That's upside down. That's theming with football. Come on, bring it in. Good. All right. Thank you. That's really Okay. Grab the proclamation so I can keep going. Thank <laughs> you. 
Yes. Okay. All right. Now that was a lot of fun. We have two, um, another proclamation this week, and uh, I'm going to be presenting for Red Ribbon Week. And could Melissa Sauer please come up and join me at the podium? Melissa? Good morning. Good morning. Thank you so much. Nice to meet, nice you. To meet you. Who is this young man? He is Corporal Sergeant. Sergeant. Sorry, he was promoted. Sergeant Sauer. Nice to meet you. Thank you for coming today. Okay. This proclamation reads, whereas communities across America have been plagued by the numerous problems associated with illicit drug use and those that traffic them, and whereas there is hope in winning the war on drugs, and that hope lies in education and drug demand reduction, coupled with the hard work and determination of organizations such as the Young Marines of the Marine Corps League to foster a healthy drug-free lifestyle. And whereas governments and community leaders know that citizen support is one of the most effective tools in the effort to reduce the use of illicit drugs in our communities, and whereas the red ribbon has been chosen as a symbol of commemorating the work of Enrique Kiki Camarina, a drug enforcement administration agent who was murdered in the line of duty and represents the belief that one person can make a difference. And whereas the red ribbon campaign was established by Congress in 1988 to encourage a drug-free lifestyle and involvement in drug prevention and reduction efforts. Whereas in October 23rd to, 20, to the 31st, has been designated as National Red Ribbon Week, which encourages Americans to wear a red ribbon to show their support for drug-free environment. Now, therefore, be it proclaimed by the Board of County Commissioners of Broward County, Florida, that the Board hereby designates the week of October 23rd to 31st, 2017, as Red Ribbon Week in Broward County, Florida. No problem. Give them a round of applause. Okay. Vice Mayor Fur, you're on deck. I'm going to let you go ahead and do the introduction. Uh, keep, keeping with the uh, football theme today, today we have uh, dragged Holly Near. And her, her coach and her principals and her family here to make an example of them, a good example. Uh, Holly has challenged the norms. She's gone where no girl has gone before. 
And through hard work and practice, she has succeeded spectacularly. And I'd like to invite Nahali and her, her mom, Holly, up here, and her coach. Um, and the rest of the Kevin, commission okay. down with and you as well. Two of my ahead. favorite principals, who, who I worked with for quite a while, uh, Aaron Brown and Lourdes uh, Gonzalez. I'm glad that you're all here today. Um, so whereas Holly Neer has made history as the first, I'll wait till everybody gets down here. I see that. It's a huddle. It's a big huddle. But this time we're offense, not defense. Yeah, yeah. So we're all, all offense here. Quick release offense. Right, John? Um, whereas Holly Neer has made history as the first female starting high school quarterback in the history of the state of Florida, and whereas Holly Neer is likely the first female starting high school quarterback in American high school sports history, and whereas on September 22, 2017, Holly Neer became the first female ever to start at quarterback in a varsity high school football game in the state of Florida's athletic history and subsequently led the Hollywood Hills High School Spartans to a 51-27 victory over the Pompano Beach High School team. I'm just so glad it wasn't the South Broward Bulldogs, so it's okay. No, no. It's going to be close. It's gonna be close. Uh, I know it's coming up. I know it's coming up. I know, I know, I know. Oh, even worse. Okay. At least it's not our homecoming. That's good. And whereas Holly Neer threw for two touchdowns and additionally led her, led her team to three scoring drives and the huge victory for the Spartans, and whereas Holly Neer showcased her determination and strength when her team's opening touchdown was negated by a penalty, she proceeded to put it behind her and still lead her team to a score. And whereas in an earlier game, and this is one I saw on the news, which was amazing, she made high school sports history as the first female high school quarterback to throw a touchdown pass on the very first play, right? First play you did, yeah. Uh, when she connected with her teammate Alexander Shelton for a 42-yard score against Hollandale High School. Did you keep the ball? No. no? Why not? Coach, you got to give her the ball. That's game ball there. That's history. I know. Whereas Holly is an honor student, with a 3.6 grade point average who is currently planning to attend Florida State University to yeah. study law. Yeah. <laughs> I know there's going to be all kinds of stuff on that one. Whereas Holly Neer is helping to break down barriers for female athletes nationwide and serves as an inspiration to countless females who have the skill and desire to shatter glass ceilings in athletics. And whereas Holly Neer is a shining example of why it is so important to ensure equal opportunity for women in the workplace and all other endeavors. Now, therefore, be it proclaimed by the Board of County Commissioners of Broward County, Florida, and John, I hope you don't mind sharing this day, that the Board hereby declares Tuesday, October 17, 2017, as Holly Near Day in Broward County, Florida, and hereby acknowledges and celebrates her historic athletic achievements. And would you like to say a few words? Yeah. You can tell Chip to go long. Go long. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I really appreciate this award, and I'm so honored that I'm able to be here, and I'm so honored that all these females and everyone out there can see that you can beat the impossible. That's what I always say, beat the impossible. There's nothing out there in the world that you can't do. No matter how hard it gets, no matter you think you can't do, no matter what people say, just put your best foot forward and keep on going. Yeah. <laughs> they should be worried. <laughs> I'm going to ask Holly to sign this football and then present it to the Broward County Historical Society, oh, if you would do that. Wow. Wow. What about a pass? What, what, what would you 
one pass. At least a football pose. Oh, yeah. my God. Yeah, just a... Bogan, go long. Go long. No, 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 please no. Go long. Not Bogan. Why did you choose Bogan? I don't know why I did it. You want to throw, throw him a pass? No, not Bogan. We knew you had it. We knew you had it. Congratulations. Congratulations. Wait, wait. Um, Bean, can you give her the proclamation? Oh, I didn't give you the proclamation? You need to hand her the proclamation and let her take it. we need to do a picture with the proclamation. Can you do it with anybody? Open it up. No, I don't think so. No, 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 no. Where we we first caught first first pass caught on the dance. We prayed for a successful catch and we got one. I'm just glad. Spiked. I'm, I know. Yeah, I saw I saw I'm that. Yeah, I'm glad he caught it too. It was a tight spot. Okay. No doubt. So this morning is a special day in Broward County for us. Besides all the wonderful proclamations and the people that you've met so far, I just came back from delivering remarks at the Florida International Trade and Expo, Cultural Expo, at, it's called FITSI, where more than 50 countries and seven continents are visiting Broward County from all around the world. This is a unique opportunity that will give our Broward Means business the access to take their products and services beyond Broward and to learn all about the great resources available for them to do so. At today's com commission meeting, there are two of the main guests of honor at FITC 2017. These former presidents are part of a presidential mission from Latin America organized by the Global Peace Foundation. <laughs> To recognize them, I would like to invite the former president of Guatemala, His Excellency Alvaro Colom, and the former president of Bolivia, His Excellency Carlos Mesa, to rise and join me at the podium to say a few words and for a photo opportunity. Thank you. May it. Oh. 
we'd, we'd love for the executive director, Thomas Feld, to, to join us also. And uh, oh, he will probably offer the first remarks. Sure. Is there anyone else out there? I think I see two more. Is that everybody? Uh, is, there, is that everyone from Fitzy? Ma Margaret Delman Sanchez. Okay. And I know the mayor, Talayasi, has joined us for Fitzy also. Okay. Thank you. So as I stated, everyone is present with us. Commissioner Holness, do you have a few remarks that you want to come on up and say? I know you want to say something, <laughs> right? Come on. There you go. Thank you very much. This is our third year uh, for Florida's International Trade and Cultural Expo. And this morning, we had standing room only at the event. So it's great. With 50 different countries attending uh, this year's event, it is, it is really a powerful thing to know that we're, we have come this far. In addition to our former mentioned guest, uh, we'll also have U.S. Congresswoman Wilson attending. We have the Honorable Edwin Contreras, Minister of International Trade and Petroleum from Belize. The Honorable Gaynell Roll, Undersecretary of Finance for the Bahamas. The Honorable Delroy Williams, Mayor of Kingston. The Honorable Manuel Messas, former Mayor of Mayor Flores, Peru. And tomorrow, we'll have Governor Rick Scott in attendance in the morning. Uh, we, today, we were joined by the mayor of Tallahassee, Mr. Andrew Gillum, uh, who thought it was a great experience. He's here with us also, Mayor. Thank you. <clears throat> At this time, um, we, want to, we want to recognize um, our guest and allow um, Took my Thomas Field to come on up from the um, organization for the president's um, being here and just to introduce and say a few words. Yeah, thank you very much. It's an honor to be here. I am the regional representative of the Global Peace Foundation for Latin America and the Caribbean and, uh, and the executive director of the Latin American Presidential Mission. I think the commissioners have a, a folder that we uh, provided for you with a, uh, it's one in Spanish, an overview of what we're doing, and then also a project to create a Latin American presidential library. The uh, Latin American Presidential Mission arose out of a series of global, moral, and innovative leadership conferences in Latin America in 2010, 11, and 12, where former presidents participated. In 2012, at the Jimmy Carter Presidential Center, we launched officially this group organization, which is called the Latin American Mission. And uh, at that time, there were eight former heads of state uh, with us from um, all over Central and South America. And since then, more than a dozen other former heads of state have joined as core members of the Latin American mission, and over 30 former heads of state have been participating in our activities. I can say with uh, quite a bit of confidence that we are 
one of the most uh, active group of former heads of state in the world today, carrying out programs, forums, dealing with, again, innovative uh, uh, and, uh, and moral uh, leadership, work, working on trade, dealing with issues of Cuba, Venezuela, uh, the Northern Triangle of Central America with the processing situations of um, immigration, uh, violence, drugs, and so on. We've had meetings in the Capitol, in the, in the Congress, on both sides of the, of the aisle. Uh, with groups of former presidents, also with the Organization of American States, and many others. Uh, in America, as you know, every president from Hoover, Hoover, Herbert Hoover till today has his own library. The Bush Library, the Reagan Library, of course the, the Carter Center. But in Latin America, that tradition doesn't really exist. And so it's the, the, one of the goals of the Latin American presidential mission is actually to create a center or a library where we can really record and have a, have a record of the historical memory, especially from the time of the democratic movements in the end of the 70s, 80s, early 90s, throughout all of Latin America. And we thought where to do it, and we've been looking in, in Mexico City and in Buenos Aires and so on, but it really doesn't represent those countries, although they're there, the whole continent. And we've been in, you know, in Washington also, and looking there, also in Silicon Valley. Everywhere we go, people are excited about the idea, but we believe it should be in South Florida. South Florida is the gateway, the bridge between North, South, Central America, and the Caribbean. So anyway, here we've been coming, and with uh, uh, Commissioner Holness, got very excited about doing something here. And I asked him, from 1 to 10, how excited are you? And he said, well, 11. And so that's why we're here today. And I am so really honored to have two former presidents. Alvaro Colom was president of Guatemala from 2008 and 2012, very well known and respected for his work to uh, uh, fighting poverty in his country with programs that are ongoing today. And Carlos Mesa, a former president, 2003-05 in, uh, in Bolivia, who is also a very well-known uh, historian, the author of uh, 19 books, and, uh, and uh, also a journalist, very, very well-known everywhere. So we're honored to have them here today. And, uh, and maybe, maybe Carlos Mesa could also just say a few words. So again, we left a, a, a folder there with the project, uh, and I hope we can continue to talk about maybe planting this Latin American mission here in uh, a library, here in, the Fort, in Fort Lauderdale. In, 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 in Broward County, or possible at our new convention center hotel, and the expanded convention center. That's Thank you very much for the opportunity. It's a very place for me uh, here. And uh, first of all, it's my first experience of the democratic uh, action in the United States, and, and it's a privilege, a privilege to uh, part of, of that uh, meeting and uh, the sense of uh, practical democracy in this country is very, very important. Um, for us, it's a privilege, the, the opportunity, because we think uh, the Latin America and United States need a bridge, and of course the, that bridge is uh, South Florida, uh, not only Miami. Like as a Latin American people, we uh, think in, in, in Florida and we think in Miami. And now we discover uh, an extraordinary opportunity in, in, in Broward County. We think it's a very important uh, place, not only uh, because it's beautiful, uh, but uh, for the seaport and the airport and the uh, facilities and the opportunities to engage the two parts of our continent. 
And for us, uh, like uh, uh, thinkers about the, the Latin American and United States relations, we think, like Thomas Field said, it's very important for us uh, to uh, build uh, space, and space and, and the opportunity. Mr. Holness uh, explained us uh, yesterday the new convention center, and it's possible to uh, build a part, a little part of that uh, convention center with the spirit of Latin America, the former presidents of Latin America. And yesterday we talked with the uh, representative uh, people of the uh, Nova Southern University, and uh, the idea is engage the trade, the commerce, the exports and imports in the convention center to the academic research and um, possibility to uh, uh, development uh, interesting project in uh, academic uh, uh, way. Because uh, we think in the combination of the trade uh, matters and the cultural and the political and the uh, um, legacy of our governments with bad and good things, I think more good than bad, but it's, it's very important to uh, the American people uh, understand our reality, understand our uh, opportunities, our possibilities, and for that reason, we think it's very interesting for us to uh, uh, engage with South Florida, especially Broward County, with uh, uh, a project combined, the academic research uh, investigation of former uh, history of, of our countries, and the trade, and the present, and the future, and, and the opportunities of our, our uh, space. Uh, uh, the idea, I think the most important idea, is a broad country like a bridge, bridge between Latin America and North America. Thank you very much. Good morning to everybody. I will go in Spanish. Ya Carlos y Tomás dijeron todo lo que es la misión presidencial. Ahora quiero hablar con mis socios. Ayer me entero de que Guatemala es socio de Fort Lauderdale. He, learned, uh, he knows that Guatemala is Fort Lauderdale's partner, or Broward County's partner. Guatemala is actually the first five countries that uses uh, Port Everglades as a trade and commerce. Eh, comisionado, gracias por todo lo que platicamos ayer. Va a tener un embajador de Fort Lauderdale en Guatemala gratis. Okay. Uh, he appreciates uh, for having met with him, uh, Commissioner Holness, but now he says he's offering himself to be the ambassador of, uh, of Fort Lauderdale in Guatemala for free. Pasé muchas veces por Fort Lauderdale con mis nietos, mis hijos, muchísimas veces camino a, a Orlando. When he would arrive in Miami, he would go by Fort Lauderdale many times uh, when they went to Orlando. Pero hasta los últimos dos viajes que he hecho aquí a Fort Lauderdale, empecé a conocer. But in the last two trips, he started to learn about Fort Lauderdale. No sé cuánto les ha costado llegar a donde han llegado con el aeropuerto, con el puerto, con todo ese movimiento económico que se ve. 
He doesn't. He said that he might not know uh, how much you have spent or invested to have the, such a great airport growth and as well as the port Everglades. Y cuando estábamos platicando ayer con el comisionado, recordé que yo, nosotros no entrábamos en los 70 por Miami, entrábamos por Nueva Orleans. Y en los 70, 80, Miami empezó a hacer un esfuerzo por abrir sus puertas. Back in the 70s, uh, uh, all the trade came through New Orleans. So he remembers in the 80s, Miami actually made a huge effort to promote themselves uh, there in Central America. Yo estoy viendo aquí que está creciendo un tiburón. He feels that there is a shark growing very fast here in Fort Lauderdale. Y yo creo que por lo de él va a ser la puerta de entrada. A mí me impresiona no ver las cantidades que vienen de Guatemala para acá, conozco a los empresarios guatemaltecos y estoy seguro que si están viniendo aquí es porque hay eficiencia y hay un bajo costo. Yeah. He, he truly uh, believes that there is a great potential uh, because not only because Guatemala actually is using Port Everglades because of its efficiency, efficiency and low cost. So he knows that this is going to continue growing. And Mayor, thank you very much for your, your invitation. And I will be glad to be in, in, the, uh, in the convention. And thank you very much for make really that we are here. Thank you. As we know, our trade partners have come from very, very far away. And while coming here, I know you have the keys to the world, but you have yet to receive the keys to Broward County, and I'd like to give you that. So on behalf of the Board of County Commissioners, Broward County, Florida, I hereby present His Excellency Alvaro Colom, former president of Bolivia, with the key to Broward. What? Sorry? Sorry. Former president of Guatemala, <laughs> His Excellency Alvaro Colom, with the key to Broward County. Thank you. I would also like to present Thomas Field, the Executive Director of Mission Presidential Latino Americana, with the key to Broward County. And I have it right now. His, form, his, his Excellency and the former president of Bolivia, Carlos Mesa, the keeper. Can I have the please the, the entire Board of County Commissioners down to take a picture? I'm going to switch sides now, so I'm going to have them take a picture against the backdrop up there. So let's go this way.
I have three cameras. And I just want to also bring your attention to the fact that we have Mayor Andrew Gellum here from Tallahassee to support Fitzy as well. And I'll just have him come up and just say hello. All right. Mayor, thank you very much. And uh, just a huge compliment to, uh, to you and your city. Y'all have your county. Y'all have a lot more fun at your meetings uh, than we get to have at ours. I saw the football thrown and adequately caught. Uh, Y'all huddled. And spiked. Uh, you huddled today, and obviously you've got um, extremely uh, dignified company here with the former presidents. Um, um, Mayor, uh, congratulations to you and also to the county on uh, your dealing and recovery from uh, the impacts of uh, the storms that have impacted our areas. Uh, I know it well, and I know that's not an easy mission. It was wonderful to see you act with such courage and grace uh, on television leading your community. Uh, and then finally, uh, uh, commissioners uh, would uh, obviously love to welcome you all back to the city of Tallahassee. While I do not represent a, um, um, a South American country, we do want better relationships with you, too, with the direct flight between Tallahassee uh, and Broward County, if we could work on that. All right? Thanks, Mayor. I appreciate it. Okay, so now we're going to go ahead and start the meeting. Um, for those of you out there in our audience, I have a few public participation reminders. Um, please turn off or silence your cell phones. Any member of the audience who wishes to address the county commission on any item on today's agenda, please come forward and fill out a speaker form located on the dais, looks like this, and furnish it to staff. 
Once an item is called, you will no longer be allowed to speak on that item. Any individuals who wish to speak on an item today, please come forward at this time if you've not already done so. When you're called upon, you will have two minutes to speak. Please keep your comments brief into the subject being discussed. We ask that you address the commission in a polite manner and that you refrain from making impertinent or slanderous remarks or personal attacks. If you fail to do so, your microphone will be turned off and you will be escorted out by security or law enforcement. We ask that those of you in the audience respect the views of those speaking today. As such, we do not allow any applause, cheering, booing, or cat calls during or after speakers' comments. You can, however, do spirit fingers if you agree. That was a joke, you guys. Come on, loosen up here. All righty, I'm going to read the Tuesday morning memo. Even though I can always depend on Commissioner Geller to laugh at my unfunny jokes. Okay. <laughs> the following requests are submitted for your consideration. Consent items are items 1 through 29. The public hearing items are items 30 through 33. The regular and supplemental items are items 34 through 46. I request the following withdrawals and inclusion of additional material. Item number 23 is withdrawn for further staff review. There are no Scrivener's errors. Um, item number four, there are signature pages received. Item number um, 35, minutes from the October 13, 2017 Evaluation Committee meeting for airport ramp control services are available on the Purchasing Division website updated link http colon backslash backslash or forward slash forward slash www.broward.org forward slash purchasing forward slash pages forward slash repository dot ASPX. Item number 36, signature pages have been received. Item number 46, Commissioner Ryan requests to be a co-sponsor. I request without objection that items number 35, 38, 40, 41, 45, and 46 be moved from regular to consent. There are additional materials. Item number 13, Exhibit 3, submitted by the Office of the County Attorney. Item number 14, Memo to the Board of the Office of the County Attorney. Item number 36, Memo to the Board from Finance and Administrative Services Department. Item number 36, Paren 2, Memo to the Board from Finance and Administrative Services Department. Item number 36.3, Summary and Analysis of Sean Davis and Associates SDA References Submitted by the Office of the County Auditor. That concludes the Tuesday morning memo. At this time, I'll request items to be pulled from consent by Commissioner Udine, Commissioner Rich, no. Commissioner Bogan, None. Commissioner Ryan, None. Vice Mayor Furr, None. Commissioner Lamarca. 14. Okay. Commissioner Holness. Well, um, unfortunately, that may not happen soon because uh, I think, again, we have lots of polls from the audience. Commissioner Geller. None. County Administrator. County Attorney. None. County Auditor. None. Okay. All right, I'm going to have to do some tallying here, so give me one second. Seven, 
about 36. Thirty-seven, thirty-nine. Okay, I think I got them all. All right. All right. So we got thirty-six, thirty-seven, thirty-nine. Okay, we we're good there. All right. So commissioners, I need a motion to approve the consent agenda minus items seven. 9, 14, 15, and 33. Move it. Second. Second. All those in favor signify by saying aye. aye. All opposed? Let the record show that the consent agenda passes unanimously. Okay, I'm gonna get, I'll give them all to you right now. So, I, I know, but um, it was on, it's audience poll. Okay, so I'm going to give you all the audience polls because there's quite a few of them. Listen up, guys. Ready? I got 7, 9, 14, 15, 33, and then 36, 37, and 39. And I know those are all of those. The last few are regular, but I just want to give them to you. Those are the ones that people are pulled to speak on. On item number 36, I have a lot of speakers. I'll tell you how many. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen. 10, 11, 12, 13. I have 13 speakers signed up on item 36, okay? Just so you know. Commissioner Holness, you may not make it back to Fitzy anytime soon, okay? All right. So let's get started. First item pulled from consent agenda is item number seven. Mayor, Ms. Yes. Was, there, was there a motion? In a, yes, uh, we already voted. Approved and adding, thank you. We voted and it passed unanimously. Okay. You want to, uh, you with us, Drew? <laughs> trying, to re trying to record all the polls here and I just wanted to make sure. Thank you. We got it. We're good. We're good. Okay, the first item pulled from consent agenda is item number seven. Mr. Rand, could you please come to the podium? And I need you to just stand there for four more items, okay? Because they're all yours. All right, item number seven, you're going to have two minutes to speak. And it starts now. And I won't back down either. <laughs> um, at the last charter review meeting, Commissioner Bogan proposed uh, ombudsman and various mechanisms to solve conflicts. And when I got to speak, I said these established mechanisms really don't work. And the particular person you singled out was the environmental that I've had issues with for four decades. This very uh, item number seven is a settlement for Hurricane Wilma can canopies at the airport. This is 12 years later. And uh, there was a, an issue with the statute of limitations, which apparently you're over, but you still uh, clawed back some money and all. But if you read the back thing, it says it's impossible to co construct such things. Impossible to co construct. And the county refused the replacement thereof. So what you get is a really messed up situation. And everything's designed in a sunny day with everything being optimal. And then uh, a bad wind blows or whatever, and it, it just doesn't work that way. And you can't replace it and all. When I saw my city underwater 62 years ago, virtually everything was destroyed and changed. So just like Puerto Rico, 
at the moment you have to scrape everything down to the bottom and all. So uh, all these intricate things, if you think of the uh, convention center hotel and all, extremely intricate things. And um, we get these periodic uh, storms of mother nature, force of atomic explosions, etc. And you just can't put everything back the way it was. So I just wanted to address you for informational purposes and all going forward, because we're going to do this again and again and again and again. Thank you. Thank you. Stay right there. Okay. Move Commissioners. The all those in favor of item number seven, signify by saying aye. aye. All opposed? Let the record show item seven passes unanimously. Item number nine was pulled by Mr. Rand as well. Again, th this would be swept under the carpet. It's a former probationary employee was terminated for discriminatory reasons, allegedly, and $22,500 buys silence so that you don't aren't aware of what goes on and all. And I stand here, a probationary employee, first time initial, has no rights whatsoever. And after 29 years, I was on promotional probation, whereby I had vested rights and all. And I stand here, of course, with no vested rights. You, every which way to game the system to take it away from me was employed. And um, I know the Harvey Weinsteins and uh, Sandusky's of Broward County. They're there. There's a bullying mentality that goes on here, a bullying. Uh, I'm not a marginal employee. I exceed excellent bonus, rapid reward, commendation from state, etc. I'm still here. I'm still supplying you with hurricane information well in advance of everything that goes on. I know what's going on in Puerto Rico right now. So you're, it's like storming the Citadel, and you have lots and lots of attorneys to dispel frivolous suits, I'm sure. But some things, actions, are actually valid uh, and should not be dispelled. Uh, this former probationary employee got $22,500 more than I've got, which is not a penny. And that's why I'm negative in my checking account, because I sent everything okay. to the islands. Thank you. Commissioners? I'm not done yet, but, but go ahead. Cut me off. You're going to have six more minutes. If you would, do you want to say something else? No. Okay. Commissioners? All those in favor of item number nine, signify by saying aye. aye. All opposed, let the record show that passes unanimously. Item number 14 is the next item pulled from the consent agenda. Um, item number 14, Mr. Rand, I'll reset the clock for you. Thank you, ma'am. It's a motion to set for a public hearing, but since I'm here and all, um, I'm opposed to raising taxes uh, when you're not, when you're not compressing the budget enough and all and performing human services or whatever you need to to do uh, and you're going to raise taxes on my friends and relatives who come to town and to pay for uh, an expansion that may blow apart again um, and you know what's that thing about taxing the person behind the tree you know you're just shifting the burden to somebody else and as every other taxation, every other thing in Broward County that is just hugely expensive, then you add on another tax to, to somebody else. And it may be the people that are here for the uh, trade expo or something, you know. It's their taxes that are, imp that go that are passed on to poor people in Guatemala or whatever. Uh, there's plenty of suffering down there, too. 
So I just wanted to mention that, you know, there's no uh, person that enjoys being taxed or raised, and we're waiting to see how this convention hotel plans out in, what, the fourth or fifth incarnation? I don't know. That's all. Thank you. Um, I have Commissioner LaMarca who pulled that item number 14 as well. Commissioner LaMarca. Thank you, Mayor. Um, Mr. Holness is tapping. I think he wants to go next. Um, okay. So I, I as probably the only, at least the only commissioner in 2010, was really eager to talk about this subject. Um, the senior commissioners at the time didn't really want to deal with it anymore because of the failed attempts and because of the the bad uh, the bad uh, blood if you will from the past project where we had to write a check to a developer who didn't do anything um, we are now at a point where nine commissioners want to move realize the economics of losing uh, at the point this will be done over a hundred million dollars a year in, in lost business and uh, we're all on the same page so I want to support this item I understand, uh, contrary to popular belief, I, I don't want to, I think everybody knows that I don't want to raise anyone's taxes either, but I also realize you have to, if you want to buy something or build something, you have to pay for it. Um, and this is the, this is truly the place to pay for it. The one cent or one percent increase uh, in the bed tax will still put us on the lower end of large cities uh, or communities in the state of Florida and will deliver uh, the expansion, uh, this, and by the way, this does not cover the cost to expand the convention center, nearly 300,000 more square feet, uh, doubling the, uh, the ballroom space as well as other, other space, but it would uh, start us down that path. Um, what I would like is, and I understand this is uh, to, set, to set it for uh, public hearing, but, or publish it, but I would like to have uh, the county administrator weigh in on uh, just one or two small points. One is that we, I understand that there is a, uh, in Florida statutes, uh, a section that deals with what this penny can be spent on, um, but I'm not, I'm not interested in that. I'm, I'm interested in, in, in honing down exactly what we're going to use it for. As I said, it's not enough to do what we need to do, so certainly all of it should be spent on expanding the convention center. Uh, I'd like to make sure that before we move forward that we restrict, we can collect this. Uh, from visitors, but that we restrict the 1% to convention center expansion only and uh, checked with legal and that is legally permissible on this issue. Uh, and also that if for some chance that, uh, as Mr. Rand has said, there have been failed attempts, if for some reason I don't, I don't foresee it, but because uh, I'm very confident this project will move forward, but if it doesn't, that this uh, one cent would be rescinded because its intent is for the convention center expansion and not for anything else. So, uh, Ms. Henry, if you would, can you weigh in on that? So you said um, what I would, in essence, um, say, and I'll put on the public record, what we have asked the county commission to do with this additional uh, one penny um, is to support the expansion of the convention center. Um, it does not support the hotel, as was indicated by um, Mr. Rand. Um, it is for the expansion of the, con uh, of the convention center. We've had uh, representatives from the industry who have actually promoted um, moving forward with the expansion of the convention center before a hotel, which um, you know we obviously don't um, necessarily agree with that at the moment. But um, that is the intent. Um, the 
um, as you've indicated, that, that at any given time, if the board chooses to rescind this, they can. Um, if they don't believe that this project is going to go forward, which, and I agree with you, that we are um, very confident that we're on the right track with this project. And then finally, uh, you have um, indicated that we reserve the money specifically, um, any money that we have generated, um, that we reserve that specifically for the convention center, and, and that would certainly be our intent. The convention center, if we don't expand it, um, it is the current convention center has pretty much reached reached its useful life. So making other investments in it to keep what is there can certainly be used uh, for any proceeds that we've collected prior to any rescission if the board decides to do that. Okay, and, and just to thank you, Ms. Henry, and just uh, with regard to what has been done, you, you'd, meant, you'd use the term useful life. I do wanna highlight that uh, probably f uh, six years ago, uh, we made a fairly large investment into modernizing, upgrading, and uh, making the convention center LEED certified. And we not only made it LEED certified, we made it LEED gold, I believe, um, from uh, efficiency standpoints, uh, energy standpoint, also equipment there. So we have been keeping it up, and this would just expand the size of that as well. Thank you. With that, I'm going to move the item. Oh, well, I got a motion already. I needed a second, so you're going to be the second. Commissioner Holness? Yes. In, in, in regards to taxing, Yes, it is a tax, but I look at it beyond that. It is an investment. Today, we are at a competitive disadvantage in this market space for convention uh, events. I was at the convention center over the past few days because of the Florida International Trade and Cultural Expo. That's where we're having it. I spoke to one of our salespeople out there. You're huh? <laughs> I spoke to uh, Andres, one of our salespeople there, and he remarked, as to how we are losing business even today. There was an event there uh, that came up from Miami that we would have liked to keep, but we cannot because we don't have the size space to be able to host that. Uh, so though I'm con conscious of, of poor people paying taxes, this is also gonna make an investment to bring jobs and grow the economy of Broad County. Some of the very people that we have here that, that are poor, that needs these jobs, we need to make this investment. It's essential that we do it so that we can grow the economy and ensure that all of our people prosper. Thank you. At this time, I have a motion and a second on item number 14. All in favor, signify by saying aye. Aye. All opposed, let the record show item 14 passes unanimously. Item number 15 is the next item pulled from the agenda by Mr. Rand. Mr. Rand, I've reset the clock for you. You will have two minutes. Thank you. The, uh, motion to approve sheltering temporary essential power for FEMA and IRMA. And I uh, just want to speak in general that uh, this has certainly been a disaster and catastrophe. And uh, it's not, again, no such thing as a natural disaster. It's how man reacts to it, whether properly or improperly. And uh, oftentimes you've got to run around government, and that's what's going on. Uh, FEMA's in the way. They're giving out money, and there's riots in the parks. Uh, People are still dying in the nursing homes, whatever. Uh, this, uh, I'm reading hundreds of millions of dollars of damage from Irma, as well as Harvey, as well as Maria is, is going to be huge. So, I mean, it's literally uh, teetering the economy of the United States. And 
these many hundreds of millions of dollars <laughs> is going to be a, a heavy lift for, for the nation. Um, for many decades, four decades plus, I've been warning Broward County and the environmental of such occurrences coming along. And uh, of course, it fell on deaf ears at all times. And uh, too many box thinkers here. Uh, and you, you know, you get a lot of lawyers kind of spoil the stew sometimes and all. And you lawyer things up. And then you can't read the words even. So the disaster plan that I always talked about was a planned disaster. Uh, and that's what's befell. Uh, in real time over the many hurricanes. Uh, this is at least the 12th that I've been through. Um, so oftentimes the government's in the way though uh, and you need to uh, work around them because they're slow and box thinkers and not calling an audible like a football co uh, quarterback would do at the line of scrimmage. Call an audible, it's called. The plan's not going to work. Thank you. Okay, thank you. Commissioners, Move uh, item. I need a motion. Second. Okay, all those in favor of item 15, signify by saying aye. aye. All opposed? Let the record show that passes unanimously. The next item pulled is item number, hold on, no, it's not 33. It's um, the next item on the agenda will be the public hearing items. Um, 30 was deferred. And so that won't be uh, heard today. Mayor, and would it be possible, because it's a public hearing item, to please ask for a motion to defer to the date certain and uh, just have the board approve? Agenda item 30 to December 12, 2017. You, you move to defer agenda item 30 to, to, to December the 12th, 12, 2017. I had a second on that. All in favor signify by saying aye. Aye. All opposed? Let the record show that that passes unanimously. Um, item number 31 is a motion to consider approval of a lesser's consent um, to assignment of amended lease from Colorado Box Beef Company to CBBC Real Estate Holdings, Inc. and consent to encumber leasehold interests pursuant to Chapter 32, Part 1, Section 32.5C of the Broward County Administrative Code. Two public hearings are required on this item. This is the first of two required public hearings. The public hearing is now open. Are there any members from the public that wish to be heard on item number 31? Seeing none, the public hearing is closed. Um, at this time, board members, do you have any comments? Okay, I have a motion and a second. All those in favor of item 31? There, yes. Th there's gonna be a second public hearing on November 7th, so no board action is required on the public hearing item today. So it's a motion to consider though. So and, and we don't need to, okay, yes, fine. So the public hearing is closed. No action on the motion is required. The second and final public hearing is on November the 7th. Okay. So that concludes item number 31. Item number 32 is a motion to consider adoption of a resolution amending the administrative code, the title of which is follows. A resolution of Board of County Commissioners of Broward County, Florida pertaining to the renaming of the established division of the Port Everglades Department amending section 2.11 of the Broward County Administrative Code and providing for severability inclusion in the Administrative Code and an effective date. Um, there are no speakers signed up on the audience for item number 32. Is there anyone from the audience that wishes to be heard on item number 32? Seeing none, the public hearing is closed. Back to the stage for a motion. I'll move the item. Second. 
Well, do we have to? Okay, so all in favor of item 32 being considered for public hearing, I think we don't need to. Do we need to do that, Drew? Uh, th this, is, this is actually adopting, this is the public hearing. So, so we're so okay? The vote, the vote on it. We're okay voting? Yes, please. Okay, so we had a motion and we had a second. All in favor signify by saying aye. aye. All opposed? Thank you. That disposes of item number 32. Item number 33, we do have one speaker, that's Mr. Rand. Um, I'm going to open up the public hearing. Um, item 33 is a motion to adopt a, and to open the public hearing related to the issuance of airport system revenue bond series 2017 AMT and an aggregate principal amount not to exceed $400,000 for the purposes of section 147, oh, sorry, 400 million, sorry. For the purposes of section, <laughs> what's a few zeros, right? Um, for the purposes of section 147F of the Internal Revenue Code of 1986 as amended, like I said, I have one speaker, that's um, Mr. Rand. You can come to the podium now, and the public hearing is now open. Thank you, Mayor. Uh, and I want to commend Commissioner Holness for it's, your efforts are bearing fruit, it seems. It takes a long time. And uh, Commissioner Lamarck, I'm aware of the economic values, et cetera. This is $400 million, which is a huge chunk of change. And I would say follow the money because the uh, construction industry is doing well and maybe a lot of other people who are, you know, serving coffees at uh, Starbucks aren't doing so well at all. The more money you spend to bring in tourists or whatever business, and if there's a trickle-down economic component to it, I'm not sure that you people are advocates of trickle-down theories. But uh, the more you build up this superficial part of Broward County, and then at, at the same time the infrastructure is just collapsing from underneath you, literally, this is the Venice of the Americas, and in the future, the current Venice is largely abandoned, and this will be largely abandoned. So uh, when 1,600, 1,800 years from now, when the ocean is 23 feet higher than it is now, as it has in the past, virtually everything you're building will be destroyed and all. <clears throat> so you reach a point of diminishing returns, and that's what I'm just trying to highlight to you, that the more money you spend which is somebody's tax dollars from somewhere, and you're floating bonds to overbuild things. Then you get into uh, whether the resources can supply enough water, whether you have enough sewers, injection wells, etc. whether you have the infrastructure, transportation to support this thing, because we're just going to be living in our cars and skateboarding down the streets in July, and that's not a very pretty picture. Thank you. Yes. Okay. So I have Commissioner Lamarca followed by Commissioner Udeen to speak on the item. Thank you. Um, real quick on the item, and Mr. Rand, I really preferred when you called me non-Mayor Lamarca. Um, it, it, it warmed my heart. But, but on a serious note, uh, there, there is an infrastructure problem in the Venice of, of uh, Florida. Um, but, but the Venice of Florida is responsible for their, their infrastructure, and this county has put in uh, a great deal of new infrastructure, whether it was where we've annexed properties, uh, or, you know, we, where we've annexed uh, unincorporated properties into cities, we've provided that infrastructure and we provide quite a bit of that, whether it's water, wastewater, um, other services. I, I do think it's, uh, it, if your concern certainly is to the level where it is about our infrastructure, and it should be, and it's mine too, 
um, we should probably have that conversation with the uh, new leadership that will be coming into that city. Thank you. Commissioner Udine? Thank you, Mayor. Um, I, I'm going to support this item. I've gone through it in detail, and I think what Chip's saying is, is correct. And I think what Mr. Rand's saying, you know, it, it doesn't really even speak to anything near this issue because these dollars are being used to improve the capital infrastructure at the airport. And when you see people coming in for Commissioner Holmes's and, and we see, the, see them down here for this convention, and they're saying one of the reasons that they want to make this Latin America hub up towards Fort Lauderdale is because of the Fort Lauderdale International Airport at Hollywood in Broward County or whatever we're calling it. But I'm going to support this. I think that this is a positive thing. Remember, there's no ad valorem tax dollars that are coming anywhere out of this item. These are municipal bonds that are being sold in the open market for a fair price by a professional bond company. It's going to be paid by landing fees and by support through the airport. And this is a way to harden infrastructure and capital improvements. With that, I don't know if there was anyone else in the queue, but I'd like to yes. move the item. Perfect. Uh, so I had a motion and a second. Commissioner Rich? Just quickly, um, I, I, it's kind of exhausting to hear constantly about, um, you know, uh, wasting money, not doing things uh, appropriately for uh, the constituents in this community. Um, because uh, I, I think this is truly an investment, okay? It's true it's not ad valorem taxes, but where, where we benefit is ad valorem taxes for all the people who might be moving here to work in new jobs, hopefully good paying jobs, that can pay taxes and help us with our infrastructure and with our human services. And I, I've said it before, I'm just going to say it one more time here, that I'm very proud of the fact that we are trying harder and harder to put more money into services for people in our community, whether it's affordable housing dedicated money, whether it's homeless $43 million, whether it's BARC, uh, anything to do with substance abuse and mental health issues, whether it's uh, community care for the elderly, it just goes on and on because we have a group of people here, I think, who really do care about the people who maybe don't have it as well as others in our community. So that's the comment. Thank you. Okay. So I needed to – you would like to speak, Commissioner Holness? Holness. Yes, Commissioner Holness. We heard from the former presidents this morning uh, of their interests to use Broad County as the center for the presidential library, which I think would be a great boost for us uh, in terms of being that gateway to the Americas, both north and south in the Caribbean. And, and part of the discussion we had yesterday was the availability of flights from here to every part of the world. This investment that we're making is, is, is being made on, on top of the fact that we have one of the most efficiently run airport in the country, one of the lowest cost airport in the country. Uh, or, or costs for each employment at the airport, your, your ticket price is only affected by about five, $6. Compared to other places, not too far from here, that's about $20. That's a big difference. So these kind of investments put us ahead of the curve where we don't need to in the future then catch up or cost us too much to get where we need to be. It is really essential for us uh, as, 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 as the world becomes smaller and people travel more that we are ready. And, and in fact, today, we don't have uh, the, the facilities that we need. We need to expand and add more gates 
even though we have gates being built right now that are not yet completed. Those gates are not going to be, they're not adequate today, even if they were completed today. So we have to make these investments. Okay. So I'm going to continue with my script. I know you, you guys are giving me a motion in a second, but there's some things I need to read. So first of all, for the public, this was noticed. Um, uh, the notice of the public hearing was published in the Sun Sentinel on October the 1st, 2017. The, uh, through this um, motion to um, A, the county intends to adopt a resolution providing for, amongst other things, the issuance of the series of 2017 uh, bonds and approving the issuance of the series of 2017 bonds for the purposes of section 147F of the code. Under section 147F of the code, the regulations promulgated thereunder and the regulations under the Internal Revenue Code of 1954 as amended, approval of the issuances of the series of 2017 bonds by the board as applicable uh, elected representatives after the holding of this public hearing is a condition precedent to the interest therein being exempt from federal income taxation. In the hearing, there's no further business concerning this matter. I will close the public hearing and I will take a vote on item A. Uh, no vote on item A, Mayor, but uh, moving on item B, there will be a motion, a second okay. and a vote. So I'm gonna go on to item B. I have some crazy scripts up here, so bear with me right now, because I've never done this part before. All right, so on item number B, excuse me? I said it's a lot of money. Yes, it is. Um, okay, so we're on item number B, and item B is a motion to adopt a series of res resolution of the Board of County Commissioners of Broward County, Florida, authorizing the issuance of the counties not exceeding $400 million airport system revenue bonds, series of 2017 AMT, for the purpose of providing funds together with all other available monies to pay a portion of the cost of series 2017 project, such bonds to be issued as additional bonds under resolution number 2012-320 adopted on May 8, 2012, amending and restating resolution number 82A-2 adopted on November the 9th, 1982, as previously amended and supplemented, the ASR bond resolution. Determining the form and certain details of said bonds delegating to the county administrator, the determination of certain matters and details concerning said bonds, designating certain passenger facility charges as available revenues, and irrevocably committing the same for the payment of certain bonds, authorizing the negotiated sale of said bonds and the execution and delivery of a purchase contract, authorizing the distribution of a preliminary official statement, authorizing the execution and delivery of said bonds with the depository trust company, delegating to the county administrator authority to negotiate and obtain a municipal bond insurance policy to insure all or a portion of said bonds, and to execute and deliver any related agreements, delegating to the county uh, administrator authority to negotiate and obtain a reserve product and to execute and deliver, ex execute and deliver any related agreements, authorizing the execution and delivery of a continuing disclosure certificate, providing for the ap application of bond proceeds, confirming the appointment of the trustee, bond registrar, and paying agent, providing for the appointment of a financial printer for the preliminary office official statement and the official statement, 
approving the issuance of said bonds for purposes of section 147F of the Internal Revenue Code of 1986 as amended, authorizing proper officials to do all things deemed necessary in conjunction with the issuance, sale, and delivery of said bonds and providing for an effective date, including your firstborn. You guys didn't get that? Not laughing. Okay. Um, uh, <laughs> County Attorney, is there anything else that I need to say at this time? No, Mayor. Okay. Just a motion, uh, second. Motion okay. to approve second. Agenda 33B. All right. All those in favor, signify by saying aye. Aye. All opposed, let the record show that 33B has passed unanimously as well. That concludes our public hearing at this time. The next item on our agenda is item number 34, a delegation request by Michael Anderson. Michael Anderson, could you please come forward? Thank you very much. Good morning, Mayor, uh, Vice Mayor, and Commissioners. Um, I have to put my, these are prescription glasses, so forgive me. Um, you have my delegation request, and it's okay. I don't want to impugn anyone, and I won't direct it toward anyone. But uh, the nature of my delegation request is public corruption concerning, uh, uh, excuse me, public corruption concerning public records, acting under color of law, wire fraud, uh, concerning documents, practicing law within the clerk of court, and misuse of the uh, official record. Uh, what I have here is, um, you have what I have. This is the original docket, and I was hoping to use the screen. I was misled, I, well, misunderstanding. I need I, you to speak into the mic. I, it was a misunderstanding. I thought these was going to be uh, for the public to see and not just the commissioners. But this is the original uh, uh, docket, and because I only have less than two minutes, I won't go through it. But this is the original docket. And any court, any judge for is what? For uh, a, a case that was closed on uh, it was closed in 2007 pertaining to uh, it was a child support case. Okay. Okay. And it was closed in 2007. Um, during a lawsuit in another jurisdiction, um, federal a panel of federal judges' names was forged. I brought that to another council meeting, not here. And what happened was um, uh, retaliation began. So um, they came and reopened a case that was closed, and here's the document. But the clerk of court also uh, uh, signed off that the document, that the case was closed. But um, this office proceeded to operate in lockstep with the, the corruption of uh, the parties that was trying to get jurisdiction to do harm to me. Which office are you talking about? This office. Which it, office? Uh, the, the, the official records department here. And they have four case numbers, none which have a docket, none have a docket attached, none have a case number attached, and, 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 and you have those. So in order to have uh, a, 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 the docket is what, the, you know, what constitute any litigation. Okay. But what you did, what this office did, may I proceed? Or? You're finished. You need to wrap up. Oh, oh, oh. Okay. Go ahead. Wrap up. Oh, okay. So what this office did, it, 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 it 
closed down the original case and it, 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 it brought uh, uh, instrument numbers that has no case number, no docket to it, in order to aid uh, the, the, the parties that was trying to get jurisdiction to keep me quiet. And that's, that's what I have. Um, I have other stuff, but I think th this, this office can't um, investigate itself. It, 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 um, you have everything that I'm, I'm, I'm speaking of, and so the, the, the federal uh, government, because you get federal money, Okay. should be the investigating party. Thank, Thank you very you. much. Thank, Thank you, you um, Mayor. Bye -bye. All right. Okay, that concludes item number 34. Ms. Henry, do you have somebody that you want to send down and speak with Mr. Anderson? Yes, this uh, the, the office that he's referring to is Records, Taxes, and Treasury. And as you all know, that um, when a document is filed, we do not have the ability to vet every piece of paper that comes through so we wouldn't uh, we wouldn't vet it i'm aware that there is a process that the that um, a constituent can go through if there is a document that's filed that's not accurate i'm sorry and um, that they there's a process that they can go through uh, miss Apera also has some additional information on this okay thank mayor you mayor and commissioners um, I, as i understand this was um, a situation where some information was brought to, uh, given to our records, taxes, and treasury department to file uh, as part of a court case. It was filed appropriately as we do with all of those records. Um, and as far as I can understand from what I've been told, there was no release of the information. It is properly um, filed away and has been uh, done so just as was requested by the courts. Okay, thank you. Okay, at this time that concludes item number 34. On the agenda right now, um, 35 was moved to consent. 36 is a motion to approve an agreement between Broward County um, uh, Property Appraiser, Broward County Sheriff, Broward County Supervisor of Elections, Housing Finance Authority of Broward County, Florida, Health Facilities Authority of Broward County, Florida, and RSM US LLP for the request for proposals RFP number R2112554P2, External Audit Services for the Office of the County Auditor for a five-year term. It should say in the amount not to exceed, not in the, well, it should say either in the amount not to exceed 4198190 and authorize the mayor and clerk to execute the same. I think somebody needs to look at that um, for a typo. All right, um, at this time I have 13 speakers signed up on item number 36. Um, I will go ahead and open this up to the public. I'm going to start calling you so you can kind of move to the front. The first speaker I have is Sean Davis, followed by Eileen Michelson, followed by Joe Goldstein, then Anil Harris, followed by Chantel Knowles, followed by Anthony Bronson, Brett Friedman, Donovan McGinley, Bob Feldman, Mark Stempler, Bernie Friedman, Chalk Zemblas, Tanya Davis, Jermaine Baugh, Pastor Davidson, and Annette Lewis. If you all could please make your way down to the front of the room, it'll kind of keep it going um, quickly. Okay. This is, I'm sorry? 
Um, I don't know if maybe Monica added some after I gave my count. Did you add some? Okay. All right. So they'll each have two minutes to speak. I'm going to start the clock right now. Mr. Davis. Good morning, Mayor, Vice Mayor, Commissioners, and staff. Most of you know me. Some of you do not. I am Sean Davis, Managing Partner of S. Davis & Associates, CPAs and consultants headquartered in Broward County. I'm here today to talk about our firm. We have served in the capacity of subcontractor for over 10 years with the county. We have graduated from having staff on the engagement with the prime to actually performing all the functions of the audit from planning to issuing the opinions under S. Davis and Associates and presenting these reports to the Commission. We perform these tasks for all of the component units, special audits, and single audit. We issue the Clerk of the Court, Supervisor of Elections, Property Appraiser, Housing Finance Authority Operations, Airport Special Reports, Health Facilities Authority, Housing Finance Authority Bonds, Single Audit, Statement of County-Funded Court-Related Functions, and report on re applying agreed-upon procedures on the federal funding allocation statistics. Our team includes S. Davison Associates as prime, and we have two subs, Cynthia Bordis-Bird, who is the manager with Ernst & Young, and they had the contract as a prime and was responsible for the entire engagement, and BDO, the fifth largest accounting firm in the world that primed on many county and federal contracts. They presented before you and said that they were 100% behind S. Davis and Associates and would bring all of their resources necessary. That is true teaming. I want to answer a question for you and staff. Can we do the work? Yes. Do we have the resources? Yes. Is there time to perform the audits? Yes. We have performed these audits in a more condensed time frame. Your year end is September 30th. Thank you. We have mm -hmm. enough. Wrap, we, you have to wrap up. Okay. okay. It's, a, it's shameful that my colleagues have been against us. We, I left the big four to do exactly what we're doing right now, to be able to prime. We worked here, we worked hard, we worked for you. Thank you very much. Okay. Ms. Michelson. Good morning, Mayor, Vice Mayor, Commissioners and staff. The issue in front of you today is really a very simple question. Should you award a contract for external auditing services to a vendor who failed to tell the whole truth about their litigation history, not once, but twice. The first time they failed to tell was when they responded to the solicitation. The vendor decided that the two cases then pending against it in various courts were simply not material for you to know. But it wasn't the vendor's decision under that solicitation. If you look at the first page of the document I handed out to you, the highlighted section says, a case is considered material if it relates or at whole or in part to an allegation of negligence, error, or omission, or malpractice against the vendor. That's what both those cases did. They had such allegations. Compounding that, when the vendor put in their litigation history form, they checked no. The time they checked no, that was not the whole truth, because in fact, there were two cases that were pending. And it wasn't up to the vendor to decide if it was material. Your solicitation told them it was material. Perhaps what happened in this case is there was a failure to pay attention to detail. 
but isn't paying attention to detail what you want in an auditor? The second time they failed to tell the whole truth was when Ms. Um, Billingsley recalled the selection committee and the vendor told the staff that they had filed two motions to dismiss. At the time the vendor said that, they had already withdrawn one of the motions to dismiss at the request of a judge. I know many of you are lawyers, and if you have two options when a judge says withdraw your motion. You can withdraw it, or the judge will rule against you. They withdrew their motion. They could have said to the selection committee, we filed two motions, the judge asked us to withdraw our motion, and we're doing that while the case moves forward, but we intend to bring it back. That would have been the whole truth. They didn't say that. Ms. Billingsley's memo from Ms. Messerschmidt to you says, integrity and reliability are the cornerstone of your audit. We have got to keep to the two minutes. Um, my please last sentence, if you wrap can, it there. Up. I know, but everybody cannot run over. I, I okay? will speak faster. All right. Um, so we ask you, in the interest of integrity and reliability, please reject staff's recommendation and enter into negotiations with your number two vendor, Sean Davis. Thank you. Thank you. At any point in time, if you all want to yield time to each other, we can do that. But two minutes is what you have on the clock. We have um, 20 speakers now. Please, Mr. Goldstein. Good morning. Joe Goldstein from Schutz & Bowen. Uh, on behalf of Sean Davis and Associates, uh, you should vote no on item number 36. Uh, I won't repeat what, what uh, former Commissioner uh, Mickelson said, but why are we here now? We tried to come to you uh, uh, a week ago and you determined it was premature. But we're here now not to debate the merits of my client, but we're here now for the commission to fill the res fulfill its responsibility under this solicitation. And I handed out an excerpt of that. Under the, under the solicitation, it's the awarding authority's responsibility to determine a vendor's responsibility. It says that right in the solicitation. The committee makes a recommendation and then it comes to you. Eileen has told you why RSM should be determined non-responsible, but under the solicitation, it's the awarding authority may find that a vendor is not responsible to receive a particular award. It is your decision. You have a vendor who did not disclose two material cases. This is not about staff reviewing it. It's not about how good the selection committee did. It's not about that they went back to the selection committee. It's not about that there was a bid protest and the bid protest hearing officer ruled against us. It's your duty to make this decision, thumbs up or thumbs down. Are you going to vote thumbs up on a contractor who didn't disclose to the county a, a, a lawsuit that involved fraud, professional negligence, and malpractice. Two of those suits. That's the issue. If you're comfortable saying they didn't disclose it to us, no big deal, thumbs up, I find them responsible. But that's your decision. Make the decision yes or no. Thank you, and you should decide no. Okay. The next speaker is Anil Harris, followed by Chantel Knowles. Mr. Harris. Good morning, Mayor, uh, Commissioners. Uh, my name is Anil Harris. I'm representing RSM USLLP. I'm currently a 13-year employee with RSM, and I work out of the Fort, Lauder Fort Lauderdale office. And through those 13 years, RSM has allowed me to grow my career to where now I'm a senior manager and hopefully to be a partner um, in the very near future. And as a Broward resident and employee of RSM, I welcome the opportunity 
and I'm very excited to lead the audit along with my colleague Chantal Knowles, um, lead the audit of the county. And with that, I want to thank you for your consideration of our firm. Thank you. Thank you. The next speaker is Chantel Knowles, followed by Anthony Bronson. Good morning, Madam Mayor, Vice Mayor, County Commissioners. Um, I'm also a manager at RSM. I just wanted to mention that I have lived and I've worked in Broward County for many years, and I would welcome the opportunity to serve as your auditors. RSM has given me the opportunity over the past 11 years to serve many of our large governmental entities. I would serve along with Anil as one of your lead engagement managers, where we would make sure that our audit process runs smoothly and minimizes any impact on the county's day-to-day -day operations. I also just wanted to mention that our team spends 100% of our time working on governmental entities, and we are very passionate about what we do, and we would look forward to serving you. Thank you. Thank you. The next speaker is Anthony Brunson, followed by Brett Friedman. Good day, Mayor, Vice Mayor, Commissioners, County Manager and staff, as well as broad residents. I believe we've all heard the story. You know, Moses was fleeing from the Egyptians with the Israelites when he came to the Red Sea. He asked God for help and was told there was good news and there's bad news. The good news, said a voice from Ohio, is that I would part the Red Sea so that you and your people can escape. And the bad news, asked Moses, well, you have to file an environmental impact report for this process. <laughs> well, the beauty of democracy and the rule of governing, it does provide a full record and opportunity to challenge a process. Well, the purchasing department has been vindicated, <laughs> excuse me, Valuation committee, vindicated. Appeals process, vindicated. And an independent hearing officer exonerates the actions of purchasing, evaluation committee, and the appeals process. So on behalf of the small business participants who have over $1.2 million participation in this contract, I simply request that you do not deny me, a black-owned firm, the opportunity to render reports for our county. Do not deny Cynthia Borders, a women-owned firm, the opportunity to render reports to Broward County. Nor deny Carlos Trebo, a Hispanic-owned firm, an opportunity to render reports for Broward County. Our team represents the total community. All have offices here and stand ready to serve you as your external auditor. Thank you. Thank you. The next speaker is Brett Friedman, followed by Donovan McGinley. Good morning, Madam Mayor, Vice Mayor, Commissioners, and staff. My name is Brett Friedman. I'm a partner with RSM. I've been with the firm. I've uh, got 23 years of government audit experience. I want to take a moment just to remind you, again, that the financial audit of the county is the foundation upon which your financial reliability is based. You need a quality financial report that instills confidence in investors, and rating agencies. Otherwise, you risk increased borrowing costs. I know you just passed a motion earlier for a $400 million bond. Increased borrowing costs, which could mean a need to raise taxes, cut spending, delay capital projects. To instill confidence in this decision, you really need to focus on selecting the most experienced, the most qualified government audit firm possible. 
as you can see from the scoring, we are the most qualified, most experienced government audit firm. We have unmatched experience serving large counties and cities in South Florida. Also, the county is a large, complex entity, and several of the items earlier were about the, uh, the airport and the seaport. That's another example where we have unmatched experience. If you give us the honor to serve Port Everglades, we will be doing four of the five major ports in Florida. If we have the privilege of working with the airport, we'll be doing four of the six in Florida. Also, large counties get involved in a lot of complex transactions, you know, things like unique debt financing transactions, the uh, agreements involving the convention center that have been discussed here, also the expansion remodeling of the airport. You need a firm that has experience working with these. You know, myself, Donovan, and the rest of us, we've worked with Miami-Dade County, Palm Beach County, dealing with these difficult accounting issues. You know, I'll be serving as your lead engagement partner, and I look forward to the opportunity, and I ask you to vote yes. Thank you. Thank you. The next speaker is Donovan McGinley, followed by Bob Feldman. Good morning, Mother Mayor, Vice Mayor, Commissioners. My name is Donovan McGinley, and I'm a partner with the firm of RSM USA. Over 25 years of experience serving governments, this is, I've made this my career, and I'm actually enthused about the opportunity of serving the county that I live in. Much has been said about the SBE function, minority participation, which we embrace fully as part of our culture. But not much has been said in terms of us as a prime in terms of how we structure, how the structure of engagement, the structure of our firm stack up as a minor, minorities in our firm. There's some quick statistics that I think should resonate with you. We have almost 100 people, 81 folks, full-time employees in the Fort Lauderdale office right next to the county commission, county building here. Of that 81, over 64% of our employee base are minority makeup. I want to say that again, 64%. It's a, it's a microcosm. It's a representative of the environment that we are. It reflects our community. On the engagement team, that's going to be coming and serving you from RSM. We have 15 core people from different aspects of the engagement. Of that amount, over 60% of that are minorities. It's engagements like this that gave me the opportunity when I started my career to be a partner in the fifth largest firm in the country. I don't think you heard that. I'm a partner in the fifth largest firm in the country as a minority. This is what got me to this. You've seen the excitement from a couple of our managers. This is what's going to be the platform for their advancement and for their new opportunity. I ask for your favorable consideration, and I look forward to serving you. Thank you. Thank you for your brevity. The next speaker is Bob Feldman, and um, followed by Mark Stempler. Good morning, Madam Mayor, members of the County Commission. I just wanted to briefly talk about two things. And the first is the impact in terms of our firm has on Broward County. As Donovan, I think, was mentioning, you know, we have an office two blocks away from the county offices here. Um, I am the managing partner of that office. We've been in Broward County for over 51 years. Uh, we have almost 100 people working for us over at that office. That number continues to grow. I think it's fair that a lot of our competitors have actually, some of our competitors have actually moved out of the county and moved to places like Boca Raton. Just to the contrary, we've actually expanded. We're in the middle of making a huge capital investment and extending our lease as well. The bottom line is, I point all this out, is that we're local. Um, you know, we're deeply rooted in the Broward County community. We're making a large impact on Broward County. And the only other point I wanted to talk briefly about was the process. You know, we've patiently let this uh, process play itself out. I feel like I've aged about 50 years during this process. Um, 
you know, but it's time to get on with the important business, which is getting, you know, the county's audit done. Uh, Broward County being the second largest county in the state of Florida, you know, demands that a firm that, you know, possesses the expertise and experience uh, be engaged here. You know, I think the process has overwhelmingly spoken. Every member of your evaluation committee clearly ranked RSM as the top-ranked firm, and it was by a significant point differential. And probably the most important thing I just wanted to bring to your attention, and if you listen to anything else I've said, we're really nice people to work with. <laughs> you know, we've been very fortunate. We have a very large and successful government practice, and I think one of the reasons is it's because of the tremendous, the tremendous relationships that each of the people that have come before you today have with our clients is a big part of the reason of our success. So on behalf of the firm, I just want to simply say we're super excited to work with Broward County. You're going to be an important client. We're going to serve you well. Thank you. The next speaker is Mark Stempler, followed by Bernie Friedman. Good morning. Mark Good Stempler morning. with Broward County on behalf of RSM. Uh, the issues that Davis, is, that Davis raises today um, have been before you before, but more importantly, they've been considered by the Purchasing Division, they've been considered by the Evaluation Committee, and they've been considered by an independent hearing officer. And all of the above had determined that Davis's arguments are without merit, that the county followed its procedure to a T, and it did not deviate, and that its, um, its recommended award was sound. Now, we've talked about these two lawsuits that Davis raises, but they're really not issues for at least a couple reasons. Number one, the RFP and the Broward County Code say that failure to disclose information in response to an RFP like this may render a proposer non-responsible. It does not say shall. The standard is not mandatory. It is within the Evaluation Committee's discretion to weigh that information and determine whether someone is responsible or not. And in this case, after having fully vetted the information, they made that determination. The second reason is that the county has followed its procedure. In response to, the, um, to Davis raising these two lawsuits, the county forwarded them to RSM and said, can you give us more information? RSM immediately provided more information in terms of motions, affidavits, and their arguments in support of their defense of those cases. That information was passed along immediately to the Evaluation Committee, who reconsidered the information, uh, or rather considered the information at a reconvened evaluation meeting. And it determined unanimously that RSM was the number one ranked proposer. Every single evaluator came to this conclusion. And for Davis to suggest that the commission should come in at this time, after this issue has been fully vetted, and overturn and, and upheave this recommendation of award, um, simply that would be arbitrary and capricious. We would ask, therefore, that you approve the contract to RSM. Thank you. Thank you. So the next speaker is uh, Bernie Friedman, followed Thank by Chalk Zimblast. Thank you very much, Mayor. You know, I'm reminded of a famous quote, a uh, favorite quote from uh, 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 from Shakespeare, uh, where uh, basically uh, uh, in Hamlet, uh, great quote, uh, quote, the lady and gentleman doth protest us too much, methinks my lord. I think here we are. I think that we have protested this for weeks, for months. We have fully gone through every administrative process in Broward County's code. 
This has been heard by your county attorney office, by your purchasing division, by the purchasing director, by a reconvened evaluation committee, by an independent hearing officer. All have reached the exact same conclusion that there was nothing here that was done outside of the procedure and process of the Broward County Procurement Code. You have a contract before you that is critically important, and you know uh, maybe you'll hear from uh, other county staff as to the importance of the audit, but you issued uh, some $400 million worth of bond uh, uh, deals in New York or refunding. The external audit is used by Wall Street to evaluate the county when the county gets a rating for what's called bond insurance. And the difference in that rating means millions of dollars for the taxpayers of Broward County. It's a critically important document. We're already late in the process. I mean, we are two or three months late in the process for the external audit. We don't have any more time. We're out of time. I urge you to support the contract and move forward with an excellent firm and an unbelievably diverse representative team that will make you and the citizens of Broward County proud. Thank you very much. The next speaker is Chalk Zimblast, followed by Tanya Davis. Zimblast, good morning. Zimblast, uh, sorry. Chair and board. Having reviewed the global impact which Broward County has partnership, I applaud you today. However, in dealing with the current audit, the board must be fair, firm, and forthcoming. If guidelines are in place for external audit and service, then the board must follow the guidelines. It is important for the board to, again, to be fair, firm, and forthcoming. Then those who apply must also be fair, firm, and forthcoming. If a company isn't fair, then they will have a disadvantage. If they are not forthcoming, then something will fall through the crack. And if the, if the company is not forthcoming, then something will be missing in their auditing reviews. So today, I believe in small business. And from the many pieces of literature posted around this county, within this building right by the elevator, in a, coming to this chamber, it says it supports small businesses. And if you believe in small business, then the board is if you don't believe in small business, then the board is posting unfair messages, not being strong and not being responsible and not being forthcoming. Small local businesses always. Being raised in the country, I would say for S. Davis and Associates, this is not their first rodeo. They've worked with you before. And finally, when an issue arises and the board does not, ha the board does not have to speak to a miller person or manager who's working for a firm, but to the owner who sits right within this county. Thank you for your time, and I'll yield the rest of my 10 seconds to the next speaker. Oh, our attorney said I can't do that. We can't yield time. So I'll start you off at two minutes. This is Tanya Davis. And I will talk fast. Okay. Unfortunately, I do not. I'm not prepared to quote Shakespeare or the Bible, but... Um, let me, let me go ahead and move forward as quickly as I can. The crux of the matter here is whether or not it is that RSM failed to disclose litigation, litigation that by definition of the solicitation is considered material. 
um, somehow over the course of these months, the, muddy, the waters have been a little bit muddied with conversation about timing and conversation about what's in the best interest of the county. Let me speak to both of those issues. With respect to timing, S. Davis and Associates can sign the contract today. S. Davis and Associates is poised to start meeting with the county auditor's department and finance department and move on this audit immediately if given the opportunity. That is regarding timing. Regarding the best, um, the best firm for the county, back in the previous solicitation process, the selection committee who was made up of, who included commissioners, determined that they were not going to award the contract to an audit firm that had failed to disclose litigation. That was in the previous contract period. They instead determined that they would contract with a firm whose local office did not have county experience and who gave a $500,000 savings to the county in terms of audit fees. That's where the commission went um, during the last contract period. S. Davis and Associates has experience. Our subcontractors, Cynthia Borders and Bird, Borders Bird has experience. In the county's audit, we've seen every aspect of the county's audit. We're rounding out our team with BDO, who, as Sean mentioned, is the fifth national firm, largest firm in the world, and they are bringing their local office governmental experience and their national office governmental experience to bear. In this contract, the county has the opportunity to award 65% of this uh, fee over $2.5 million to CBE firms. Thank you. Thank you. The next speaker is Jermaine Ball, followed by Pastor Davidson, followed by Annette Lewis to close. Good morning, Mayor and Commissioners. Good morning. I'm Jermaine Ball. I serve as the President and CEO of Your Local Urban League, and I'm really here to broaden the discussion a little bit. Um, the Urban League is fully committed to, clearly, as you know, working in minority communities from a community perspective, socially and economically. And as I listened to the discussions here today and the other discussions and read documents prior, I think as a commission and as a resident of Broward County, the thing that most concerns me and as the CEO of the Urban League is how are we going to promote small business and minority businesses within our community? And as an anchor institution like the county, we have to make sure that you are hanging up a sign that says that you're open for business for small businesses and minority businesses. In approximately 60 days after a whole lot of work and strategy, the Urban League is going to announce a relatively large investment that will be open for minorities to be able to gain capital. And I've been grilled on the national stage as to whether or not Broward is really ready to move minorities from being subcontractors to primes and whether or not our capital will be able to be helpful in that process. And my answer, commissioners, have been a resounding yes. But the optics here tells me that I might not be telling the full truth. So I really want to suggest to you as you consider all that you do in this case and other cases where you have, and I know many of the players who are going to be a part of this on both sides of these contracts, that in 65% um, minority contractors provided in Davis and Associates, that's significant. But moreover, you're moving them from subcontractors to being primes, which is a change in the game. So I really want to recommend that as we consider moving forward, that we think about our policy, our practices, our procedures, and our projects 
as we consider minorities in this community. Thank you. The next speaker is Pastor Davidson, followed by Annette Lewis. To the uh, mayor and to the vice mayor and commissioners and to all the staff, it's a delight to have this opportunity to share with you. Um, just listening to uh, the conversation that has, has gone before, I think that what intrigues me most um, is the conversation relative to integrity. Um, and I think that that should be a determining factor as to the vote that you give today. So I'm just asking that you would um, be mindful of integrity, um, be mindful of what that says about you and what it says about our community going forward. So I'm here to, to observe that aspect of it because it helps me um, to have a different conversation with the people that I serve. Thank you. Okay, the next speaker is Annette Lewis. I'm gonna reset the clock for you right now. Good morning or mm -hmm. good afternoon, Madam Mayor, Vice Mayor, Commissioners and members, staff members. I'm Annette Lewis, I am a manager with the S. Davis and Associates for over 12 plus years. As I see the proceedings today, I believe that as Mrs. Davis had said, the waters are quite muddy. And the fact of the matter is number one, Bond ratings are not affected by who the audit firm is. It is, as long as an audit is done properly, timely, it should not have an effect, whether it's S. Davidson Associates, RSM, whoever. And the second um, item that, that really bothers me is that S. Davis has been around since 1991. They've been in Broad County, and they're a cornerstone to the county and the work that we do. I'm former government in where I've been a budget analyst, I've been assistant administrator, I've been assistant finance director and director, so I've been on both sides of the table, and I see that this firm is solid, otherwise I would not have been there for 12 years. So again, the firm looks forward to serving the county, and I've lived here more than half my life, and um, would very much like you to affirm and make us the, the, um, the firm that performs the audit. Thank you very much. Thank you. Okay, commissioners, that concludes the public speakers. I'm gonna come back to this dais. At this time, I do have a queue. Um, first in queue is Commissioner Bogan, followed by Commissioner Holness, followed by Commissioner Geller. Are there any other commissioners that want to be in queue? Eudine, Rich, Vice Mayor Furr, Lamarca, got it. Okay, Commissioner Bogan. Thank you. Um, I met uh, I met Mr. Davis um, many months ago at my office. I really enjoyed meeting him. Okay. Enjoyed meeting you. And, um, and I'm very pro small business. I believe we should be helping small business. I've done everything I can to, I mean, uh, two meetings ago, I introduced something where 25%, we're requiring 25% of the contracts be given to small businesses and helping minorities, I'm all for it. Given that, I, I wanna tell you why I believe I can't support I can support the RSM and I can't support changing it. And I wanna talk about my reasoning. Number one, I think if we go and go against what our purchasing evaluation committee did, go against our hearing officer, we have a process. 
And by throwing it out, I think we're opening a Pandora's box. Then every company can come to this commission and say, well, I don't think I was treated fairly. I don't, th I don't think this was fair. Some problem. And um, so, number one, I think we have a process in place, just like a court. You have a process, and, and you go by that process. If we don't like the process, let's change it. But right now, we have a process. I think we need to adhere to it, or we're going to get deluged with every company that's not happy with decisions. Second, I had the opportunity, I don't know if you fellow commissioners had this opportunity, but the county auditor came in my office yesterday and told me, and I'm going to ask you publicly, Mr. Melton, I asked you, is Mr. Davis's firm, are you comfortable? Uh, do you feel that they're qualified to do this contract? And you said? I said absolutely not uh, as far as being comfortable. And if I do have some concerns, if I could take a minute and explain those. I am concerned about sure. the unnecessary risk that the county would be taking by going to the second-ranked firm, especially at this late stage in the process. It's very important that we have the most experienced firm possible to ensure that we have quality audit work done and have it done when it needs to be done. And, you know, for your information, this work is usually started in, in August, not in October. And of course, I can't say for sure whether the second-ranked firm would do a great job or not. It's possible it would be a great job, but it's also possible that it could be a financial train wreck. That is a risk to the county by going to a lesser experienced firm. And the other consideration is, as Commissioner Bogan mentioned, is that the, fair, the fairness of the procurement process is important. It's very important for proposers to the county to know that when they take the time and resources to prepare a proposal, that they will get a fair evaluation based on the criteria put out in the RFP. Now, I observed the protest uh, meeting of the audit committee, personally observed it, and I do believe they did a fair and thorough evaluation of the protest. And actually, I, I have to say in my 35 years of government, I haven't seen a protest process that works any better than the one that was followed here. Now, I've seen some faster, but not better. So with that, commissioners, that's the reason why I recommend to you that you stick with the top-ranked firm in this instance. I was just looking for a quick answer. <laughs> <laughs> but thank you for that uh, unprepared uh, speech. Um, so I, I think despite what Mr. Melton said, forgetting what Mr. Melton said, number one, I think it's opening a huge I'll say it again, Pandora's box for us to do this. Um, and um, and uh, I certainly want to help Mr. Davis. I'd love to work with him. I think I enjoyed talking to him. And uh, But I think that we are not the procurement committee. We're not the hearing officer. And I do find a problem, as in my next agenda item, with the hearing officer selection process, which we'll address next. But anyway, that's my reasoning, especially when our county auditor is, is recommending um, another reason why I feel it's incumbent of us to uh, adhere to that. Thank you. Thank you. Commissioner Holmes? You know, I keep hearing the tale that lesser experience. Well, you know what? For a lot of people, they'll never be experienced enough because others have started before. 
experience doesn't guarantee quality work. Because I've been running longer than someone else doesn't mean I'm faster or better. It simply means I was out there before. So I, that argument is not, being, is not winning me over. A necessary risk. The last auditor that we had, McGladry, my understanding is they didn't have county experience in Broward County yet. They've served us, they served us well for seven years. We have a team that's in place that has the manager that managed or audit for a larger firm. Now, because she's not with that big firm now anymore, does she, did she lose those experiences? I don't think so. We have a firm in front of us that has done, done every bit of what we are asking to do. They've played by the rules. They've performed well. There's not one blot on their record. Not one. No one talked to that. And yet we're saying, because you're not this big firm who's been out there all this time, you're not good enough. There are a lot of people who are being told that all the time. And that is what we're doing right now. I've sat here previously. And I've witnessed us, especially in the early days, saying a firm was not responsible because they didn't disclose material facts of lawsuit. This is what this boils down to. And at the last meeting I heard, well, we are the final arbiter. We are the appellate court. Now I'm hearing different. What happened? We're not that anymore? The people of Broward County elected us to make the tough and hard decision, not to delegate our responsibilities to anyone else. This is what we're here for. This is a tough decision, yes, but it's a clear decision for us to make. This firm failed to disclose lawsuits that are considered material by our codes. There's no ifs, ands, and buts about that. And when you look at what is stated from the hearing officer, it said nothing about that. It says that we weren't capricious and arbitrary in our action. So we followed the process. This is a part of the process. We're not circumventing the process here. This is a part of the process. This is what we ought to do. This is what our codes called for. This is where we make that decision. We have a firm that's capable, that's followed the rules, that did everything they ought to, and a firm that did not. No way I'm going to vote for the one who didn't do, follow the rules and, and play by the rules. Thank you. Commissioner Geller, followed by you, Dean. Uh, thank you, Madam Mayor. Um, Commissioners, um, we, uh, I'm sorry, there's a number of issues that have come up here today and some of them are contradictory and I agree with both sides. 
And what, I, what I'm saying on that is the hearing officer said that she is sitting, or she sat in a review capacity, not de novo, and that she did not have the ability to hear it de novo. Mr. Goldstein, an able attorney, brought up the fact that it is the decision of the board on responsibility, and I agree with that. I asked the county attorney whether this was an issue of responsiveness or responsibility, because responsiveness, if they leave it blank, we have no jurisdiction to waive. Responsibility, we, the commission, are the ultimate judge. And I was informed this was not an issue of responsiveness, which cannot be waived. It's an issue of responsibility, which can be. Uh, so I do think that it is up to this board, but I also think that we need to give deference to the selection committee. If there is a clear reason why we should overturn them, I think we do have that ability, clearly, but I do agree with Commissioner Bogan, there needs to be at least some deference to the, um, to the selection committee. The selection committee did in fact hear questions uh, about specifically the issue of responsibility, specifically on the issue of whether or not they accurately responded in the selection committee determined that they were responsible. I will give that deference, not necessarily agree, but that was what the selection <laughs> committee determined. Um, I, I also differentiate. Again, these are lawsuits that were in the, the early stages. One has already been dismissed at the motion to dismiss level. The other is currently the subject of a motion for summary judgment. There's nothing been proven in any of these, either of these lawsuits. But I, I said, I, I kind of differentiate between a suit against an auditor or an attorney when they're claiming that one of their clients did something wrong. So traditionally you sue, unfortunately, most auditors, most auditing firms, most large national or international law firms, at some point they're gonna be sued. Doesn't prove that they've done anything wrong. I differentiate between that and a lawsuit against a contractor, an engineer, someone that they're actually saying that they actively did something wrong in a government contract or something as opposed to when you're suing in the supervisory, particularly when they're at the very early stage. And I do believe, and Commissioner Bogan said this, I do believe it is a priority for us, and this could be a reason to differentiate. It is a priority of us to try and help small businesses when we can. However, when I've looked at this, there are a couple of things that are dispositive for me, and really two of them. Number one, and if this is not accurate, I need to be told, but in the documents provided to me by the county, it, something that says that the prime on the external financial statement audit, if there are only two things listed for S. Davis and Associates. Let me say that I, I, I know Mr. Davis, I think if they are, a absolutely 
good company, and I am confident that they will continue to grow. But when I look at this, it appears that the only two entities, at least that they listed, uh, that they had been prime on external financial statement audit were the South Florida Regional Planning Council, which Commissioners Udine and Vice Mayor Fur and I sit on, their budget's $2.2 million, and the city of West Park, which has a budget of $13.7 million. We're talking about a budget of almost $5 billion. I would have felt much more comfortable if they have done some of the larger cities. I do think if that is the next logical step, Instead of going from a largest of 13.7 to 5 billion, I would have preferred to see them do some of the larger cities, you know, of several hundred million that are a lot more complex. That would have given me more comfort. And that's one of the two dispositive. But the other thing is I also spoke with the auditor, and I am not one. I hope my conversation has revealed I am a lawyer, and I understand legal issues. I'm not an auditor. When the auditor told me yesterday and uh, confirmed today that in his opinion, our county auditor has told me that based on starting this in October, you know, the latter half of October, that he has serious concerns as to whether or not S. Davis and company has the ability to get this done in a timely fashion and that he felt that the top-ranked vendor, and by the way, they were even after giving local preference and after giving small business preference, you know, it was, I think, either unanimous or four out of five for the largest company after those two. But when the, our own auditor tells us that he has concerns about the ability of the second-ranked firm to do it and recommends we stick with the largest firm, I really, that's not in my wheelhouse. I feel I have to give great deference to our county auditor, and in this case, I'm going to. Thank you. The next speaker is Commissioner Udeen, followed by Commissioner Rich. Thank you, Mayor. Um, <clears throat> a couple thoughts on this. Uh, I disagree with the fact that Sean Davis and Associates can't do this because the reason that I brought this up the first time that came is they've been doing it. They were the ones that have been actually doing all the nuts and bolts of the audit um, that took place over the past few years. But I do have a couple questions on the process because while my heart is telling me I want to vote for Sean Davis and Associates, as I'm looking through the process, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm troubled. And here's one of the things. So, like, we, we just got this handed to us, this uh, external audit services procurement one page and it has the litigation histories since that seems really to be the issue that everyone wants to try and hang their hat on on this thing and if you look at 1A and it goes B and then there's actually if you go on the procurement in the backup it goes down to subsection F there are more than just 1A and B here's my question um, it says all vendors are required to disclose material cases. So I'm assuming that Sean Davis and Associates, do they have to disclose and does BDO have to disclose? Because it says if they're joint ventures, they all have to disclose. So what's the issue on that? How does that work? I, I believe that uh, Sean Davis does have to disclose at all proposers. But I would ask uh, Mr. Miller in terms of... Uh, joint ventures, if they also disclose litigation history? 
Glenn Miller from the County Attorney's Office. Uh, in response to your question, uh, joint ventures, both of the companies that form the joint ventures would have to go ahead and disclose the litigation. However, if a subcontractor is working for the company, subcontractors are not required to be submitting in a part of the proposal. Okay. So when I, when I look at this, and this is like the second major procurement that I've done as I've been sitting up here. The last one was Motorola and Harris, and we had the same thing at the end. Someone found a lawsuit, and we went with the other one, but you know, to me, as a person that does business in the business world, the concept of disclosing lawsuits really adds very little to the equation. And the reason that it adds very little to the equation is you just heard this gentleman right here saying that the joint, the subcontractor doesn't have to do it. Well, in this case, the subcontractor is BDO, and that's been a lot of what everyone's been hanging their hat on as they're going to bless this as well because they're BDO and they're so big. I just did this in two minutes ago while I was doing this. If you Google BDO in lawsuits, there's probably 180,000 hits you're going to hit on Google because all of these companies engage in litigation. And the BDO lawsuits are, are virtually on point to what we're asking to have done here. This is, and like I said, I want to vote for Sean Davis because I know that they can do it and because they have done it. But the problem is, is that I... By doing this, my brain tells me my auditor has a problem with it. Um, I, I don't think the failure to disclose, it, that doesn't even matter to me in any procurement, a lawsuit that was filed against uh, uh, somebody who submits. That sounds to me like kind of government stuff that, you know, 25 years ago there was probably a procurement and someone Googled something and said, hey, there's a lawsuit suit against that. So then all of a sudden we have this in our procurement documents and it gets rolled over and over because if litigation history is really a valuable tool, I'm not sure that it is, but if it is, then separating form over substance when if you're a joint venture partner, you have to disclose, but if you're a subsidiary to a parent, you don't have to disclose, it makes very little sense. So that's the part about this whole thing that bothers me. Um, is that I want to give this to Sean Davis, an associate, but I can't find the reason that lets me do this without throwing away all the law that's been on their side of this entire procurement. And even when we first started with this, this thing, and I haven't even spoken to anybody, I haven't been lobbied on this issue, but this thing from start to finish, when the original auditor, when we were going to remove that, when that auditor's contract came up, we had a whole flurry of documents come in by lawyers there that said, hey, wait, keep the original one. Why do we even need to go out and change? That was the first two months of this. This has been probably 10 months of torture all the way through. We have a procurement committee that consisted of finance directors from one of the largest airports in the country, ours, FLL, one of the busiest seaports in the country, major people on this procurement committee that have opined, and I just can't see my way to get around what they've opined here to give this to Sean Davis, even though I want to vote for Sean Davis, and that's why I did that last time. So, you know, those are my comments, and uh, I'll leave it at that. Thank you. Commissioner Rich, followed by Vice Mayor Furr. Thank you, Madam Mayor. Um, I want to just start by saying that I think we have quality minority participation on both sides. There are qualified people that have done audits and that have uh, 
uh, worked in this community for many years. So that is not uh, going to be my issue. Um, and I believe that we have done a lot and continue to do more in terms of promoting uh, small business and minority businesses in this, in this community. Um, for me, it is a question of process. Um, I don't believe that we have a clear reason to overturn this selection. I think from everything I have read, everything I've listened to, we have a fair, we've had a fair process, and the decision is, is pretty clear for me. Um, clearly, uh, 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 RSM was ranked number one. Um, they have survived uh, uh, reconvening of the evaluation committee, the appeals process, the hearing officer. Um, and I think that all of those people did their jobs just as they were asked to do, and this has been fully vetted. Um, so, uh, I, as I said, I believe that we have to go with the first-ranked firm uh, and um, uh, abide by our process, and if we feel that there is an issue with our process, there's another time and another day for that. But this right now is about, about this. And I just, you know, again, I want to say, I think both, both sides have brought up a lot of people here who have worked uh, in minority firms or have worked for the, the, the major firm, uh, and we are trying very hard to make sure that we increase that participation in this community. And the fact that we pick the person who was first ranked does not indicate that we do not still, we are not still, we still do not remain committed to that policy. Thank you. Vice Mayor Furr, followed by Commissioner Lamarca. Thank you, Mayor. Um, to me, this comes down to a question of fairness, but there's two kinds of fairness on this. One is fairness to the process, and the other is fairness to the promise. And the, the part with the process, I, I am concerned with the fact that they did not, and this has to do with RSM, that they, and I, when Commissioner Udine said that that, that part with answering those questions, whether it's material or not. I think when you, when you, when the, the question is any, it means any. Are there, is there any litigation? And we talked, I talked to our county attorney yesterday, and I, and I think you opined that they should have put that, they should have um, declared those, that litigation. Am I right? I is, think in an abundance of caution, it should have been disclosed. Yeah. Uh, and, and I'm not, I'm not going to ask you beyond that. Um, and that does give us, you know, uh, the opportunity to decide whether or not it was they were responsible or not. But I want to talk more to the fairness to the promise because I think that's really what I'm more concerned with. I, I do think when you have a firm that has worked throughout this county for years and years and has done good work, everywhere they've Sean Davis has, has been, They've done good work. They have capacity, but but this, they ha they have the knowledge, they have the ability to do it. I don't know when a company like that finally gets to break through. How do you break through against these giants of industry when you have when you're competing against another company that is worldwide? How do you how how what is this promise that we have to our own citizens that they're going to be able to finally you. When do, you, when do they earn it? When do they deserve it? How long do they have to go? We, I think you know, one of our promises is to ourselves and to this county is if you work hard, you're going to finally get a chance to get some of these contracts. Someday, this will be good. I would rather have a 
a company that's local, that's gonna, that has everything to prove, everything to prove, and let them prove it. We know that they have capacity. They're gonna, to me, they're gonna work harder than anybody's gonna work. Because for that company, this is the brass ring. They're gonna work day and night. And, they, and, probably, and probably pay people double time to make sure it gets done on time. That's my feeling of, of what would happen. And I wanna see us be the kind of county that pro, is a model for all those other business, all those people that are trying to start their own business. They're trying to get ahead and then lo and are looking for one of these contracts. I want to see them say, yeah, it's possible here. But, I, what, what, but when I, I've seen this company try numerous times to get the, to be the prime. I saw it in Hollywood. I don't know how many years ago that was, 15 years ago. In the city of Hollywood, they lost out to McGladry, another giant. And it's probably going to happen like that all the time. I think there's a lot to be said to, for hiring like local. I think the money stays here. I think when you look at the economic multipliers, it makes sense here. And I, and I, and I have full, I have full faith, uh, belief that they would be able to do it. I also think that when we look at RF, RFPs, I think they're weighted toward making sure that the big guys get the job. That's a big part of it. How do you get more points? You show you've, got, you've had prime experience up and down and everywhere else. So you're not going to get all those points. You, you, it's basically, you know, they're going it's, it's to, I don't want to say rigged, because I don't, I don't think that's what we're trying to do. But I do think that it is, it is written in such a way that it makes it very hard for a company like a local company to break through. If you, don't, if you haven't been a prime in a county, then you're probably not going to get those points. If you haven't had that experience, if you don't have the capacity, if you don't have the um, staff, well, it's a catch-22 because you can't, you're not going to have that much staff unless you have a big contract. Once you get a big contract, then you have the staff. But if you're trying to say there's not capacity or there's not experience, there's some truth to that. But that's why you team up. That's where you build your team. And so today I'm going, to, I'm going to support or say that I don't think that RSM is responsible. That I think that they should have put, they should have put forth that they had uh, litigation in front of them. And I'm going to support Sean Davis on this. I think it would be a good move for this county. I think it's the right thing to do. And I think mm -hmm. it sends a message for all those other small companies that are trying mm -hmm. to make it in this county. All those that are CBEs now that are looking to become primes and those kind of things, I think it sends a good message. And I think it's the kind of county that we want to be. Thank you. Thank you. Mayor, may I just yes. make one point clear, but I want to make sure that what I stated is not misconstrued. I do believe in an abundance of caution that the litigation should have been disclosed, but I just want to make sure that everyone on the board is, is comfortable with the notion that uh, after the disclosure and the litigation was ultimately disclosed and considered by the EC, uh, there still needs to be a determination initially by the EC, the Evaluation Committee, as to whether the existence of those lawsuits in and of themselves, uh, in and of itself, makes them non-responsible. It's not merely uh, declaring non-responsibility based upon 
what should have been disclosed. And, and, I, and I didn't mean to further. Oh, no, I, I apologize. I, okay. I just wanted to make sure I was but I, And I know that you thought, and, as you always are, you know, trying to make sure an abundance of caution. But that said, those are the kind of things that if, if they were applying, they should, have, they should have put it forth and then explained it. That's, you know, it's easily explainable. That's, that's the point. It's an easily explainable, and anybody, if you've got lawsuits, put it out there, explain it, and go for it. Okay, so before I get to my next two speakers, I need a motion to extend the meeting. It's already 12.32. Second. And we're going to extend the meeting by 20 minutes. To the completion of the agenda? 20 minutes. 20 minutes. Okay. Um, so we'll extend the meeting until 12.52. Um, all those in favor signify by saying aye. aye. All opposed? Let the record show that passes unanimously. Um, I need to remind you all we have a, a international group of people here, and we're Commissioner Homeless and myself are supposed to be speaking at 1230, so we need that. We need to go ahead and get over there. All right. Um, we can come back and continue after lunch if we have to. Um, the next speaker is Commissioner Lamarca, followed by Commissioner Ryan. Thank you, Mayor. I will do my best to be concise and brief. Um, so, Commissioner Udine said he had been lobbied on this, and not. so I have a no lobbying policy, and I and I, I couldn't cross the street without uh, getting a phone call or a, a pigeon dropping a message in my hands. This is probably one of those issues that everybody has wanted to say something to everyone about the issue. Um, you know, this this happens to be uh, as as has been said by a couple of the other commissioners. Um, it's not an issue of personality, professionalism, uh, experience, uh, name and character. All of those things uh, are exemplified by Mr. Davis, uh, whether that's involvement in our community or, or his professional work uh, and his firm. Um, I did have the opportunity to meet with uh, both he and his, his partner, who happens to be his wife, um, I would commend anyone who uh, who uh, decided to include uh, Ms. Borders Bird as a as a subcontractor, but it looks like you both have. Um, so, with respect to what we're looking at, I, you know the the process as we as we go through it. And I heard what Commissioner Holness said loud and clear. I heard what some of the other commissioners said. The process as we go through it um, is something that we're going to have to rely that, that look, I, I'm not an attorney and I am also not an accountant or auditor. Uh, I don't pretend to be, uh, but I, I am a small business owner. And over the years I've had to uh, make decisions based on what's best for my company and my family. And ultimately sometimes that means signing the, the front of someone else's paycheck when I couldn't sign the back of my own. So I understand what's out there and I understand the great successes that, that both these firms have had. You know, we can go back and forth with the big global firms for either side. And I understand the difference between prime and sub. And I just want to say that uh, Dr. Um, Baugh's comments were very well received by me. Um, the fact that she would come here and, and make, some, make statements uh, means a lot to me personally. Um, that being said, you know, we always use what's best to us in our argument when it's best to use it. So to say that um, I have confidence that the Sean Davis and Associates could do this work as a prime. I'm also going to lean uh, to our auditor who has done this his entire career, and I have not. Um, but when we say, well, we have BDO, they're the number four or whatever number in the, uh, in the, in the, uh, 
in the world. And then RSM says they're number four or five, um, I guess, in the nation. Um, it, it really depends on what, when you want to use your facts or your information based on your argument. And that's kind of what we do in uh, the political world. So what, what I would say is if you look at um, what we're talking about, and clearly not to, not to minimize the process of a, prime, a sub becoming prime, um, but we, this has been used as this should be an example to do that. Well, we've done that. We've done that um, with Doty Keith and Associates in the engineering consulting world. We've done that over and over with other companies. So it's not that we're not trying to do that. Um, the process that we, we look at, I looked back and I said, well, where else have we had this issue where ma uh, material was, or litigation was material or we thought so, we let it go through the process. There was a protest and an appeal process with the Motorola Harris uh, radio communications bid that was $56 million or thereabouts. Um, litigation was, was ruled to be not material to the process. This board, I believe, uniformly, uh, unanimously, uh, if not by strong majority, voted to go with the company Motorola. Um, and that solves our, our argument about information or litigation being material. Um, would I love to do the same thing as the other commissioners have said? Would I say to, to Mr. Davis's company, I, I want you all to be our, our prime? I want you to be involved. Um, I, I don't have, yes, I have a vote, which means I guess I have the authority to vote exactly how I want but it would be counterproductive to me in this role to, to just ignore uh, the auditor, ignore the, account, the, uh, the attorney, or ignore staff uh, and procurement when they've gone through that process. I'm, I'm also probably, maybe uh, the mayor uh, might be the only other person who's actually uh, proposed and, and gone through a public bid process up here in, in, in the business world. I don't, uh, you others might have as well, but um, it's, it's, uh, it's not the same as doing business in the private sector. Um, we'd, we'd love to have the outcome that we want, but we can't always do what would make us popular or make us liked by everybody, so we have to make uh, difficult decisions. What I did hear that, that it enlightened me and gave me uh, cause was as we talk about our community being uh, as diverse as it is, it's a majority minority community here in Broward County. Um, we are clearly, uh, as far as the state of Florida goes, one of the most unique populations, and we work well like that. But what made me very comfortable was uh, the, not only employees being brought here to speak on behalf of a large company, but employees who happen to have reached the status of being a partner in a large company. And that gives me confidence that a, that a company like that is going to continue to employ, elevate, and, uh, and promote folks who are, who are uh, working right here in Broward County. And that, to me, that's what it's all about. I, again, I'd like to be able to make a... a a decision that makes me happy um, with regard to personalities and people that I know, but at the end of the day, I have to do what is right, and what is right is to follow what staff has given us for, for information uh, on the process and, and not disrupt the process because that's really, you know, it's been played out other times here with, like I said, with that uh, radio bid that was very, a very large process. So um, with that, I'm going to support uh, the, the item. The final speaker in queue is Commissioner Ryan. My thanks to the minority leader for those brief remarks. <laughs> the, the whole idea of an evaluation committee is to give us the guidance, the, the roadmap on, on procurement issues. And with compelling circumstances, uh, that recommendation 
that evaluation and determination can be overturned. So there's two issues that are brought forward by uh, the second rank firm. One is a failure to disclose. It's sloppy. And especially when you look at the litigation, I think one case was dismissed and the other one didn't seem to go anywhere. And it's like, how did you make that kind of mistake? It is a mistake and one for consideration, one that, which the evaluation committee considered. But I think the more important issue is the discussion about when should a small business be able to be a prime contractor? When is this going to happen? So we have developed a policy over the years. You know, it starts with um, we ask that there be small business participation in all of our contracts. And in this one, there's 25 percent. We have a, uh, a sheltered market. When you have contracts, 250000 or less, we can offer those to small businesses. We have a reserve for small businesses for some contracts that are larger. And in fact, Mr. McDonald, can you come down for just a minute, Sandy McDonald? When, when do we allow small businesses to get into this reserve fund that I think is kind of controlled by, by your office? When do we allow small businesses to continue to participate as prime contractors in procurement. Mayor, Vice Mayor, and Commissioners, uh, Commissioner Ryan, to your question, and you started it uh, properly, you have your sheltered market program, which is your SBE, which affords you for our smallest of contractors, whenever the county procures something for 250000 or less, if we have at least two businesses operating in that capacity, in that industry, we can then sheltered market that or reserve that for our small businesses. That's them performing in one of our smallest manners, but as primes. Then you have your regular or traditional um, CBE program, which primarily we set the goals. But as you just alluded to, even within your CBE program, if we also identify in this regard three or more firms that has the capacity to provide a service as a CBE, we can then take that in communication with the user agency and purchasing, and we can also do a CBE reserve. So there are CBE reserve opportunities by which sometimes you guys see come in front of you when we've taken an opportunity, we've worked with the user agencies and procurement. Most recently, you've done several CBE reserves when you've even done your janitorials. The janitorials used to be one big contract for $9 million and 30% goals. Most recently, you just did your janitorials for $4 million with a 25% goal. You did eight CBE um, I'm sorry, you did four CBE reserves, you did eight SBEs. So we always take a look at the opportunities based on the different industries and the capacities we have in small businesses to reserve. So small businesses do have that opportunity to reserve from the sheltered market on the smaller side to the SBC on the larger and the more aggressive side. But as you've discussed today, one of the biggest opportunities for a small business is to get into your pool and challenge the larger businesses at the same time, but hopefully at the same uh, playing ground in terms of a fair ground. Thank you, Mr. McDonald. So the, the proposal here is, is really to, to move a prime in a, an area that um, is not uh, part of the process that we currently engage in. If we want to go there, uh, and perhaps we should, there really ought to be, I think, a discussion of the parameters by which we do it. So th in this particular uh, contract proposal procurement what we're looking at is a significant significant um, undertaking I mean 4.7 billion dollar budget uh, auditing for five years I mean we're auditing all of the taxpayers money and for me at this juncture it's a bridge too far it's not one that I'm comfortable with 
So um, I'm going to follow the recommendations of the evaluation committee. Okay, commissioners, um, that concludes the remarks. At this time, um, I've been uh, tallying uh, where we're at. We're um, one, two, three, four, five, six. Um, six people uh, spoke uh, in a, an affirmative of item number 36. Um, and I had one, two, two so far that were not. So at this time, um, you, you would need to move it. Okay. So I have a motion and a second. All those in favor signify by saying aye and raise your hand for the secretary. Aye. Aye. All opposed? Minute secretary, do you have it? Okay, so that concludes item number 36, and I just want to thank all of you for coming. Okay, the next item on our agenda. Um, I'm going to have to turn the gavel over to Vice Mayor Furr. I was slated to speak 15 minutes ago at the conference. So, Vice Mayor Furr, next item is 37. You have a script to read, Vice Mayor? Right there. Okay, you can start there. <laughs> Mayor, could we have staff just um, someone be designated to pull a category for you and Commissioner Homeless for this next item? These are categorical draws. Okay. I, I, I authorize okay. someone from staff to pull a category for myself. And I do also. And, okay. and Commissioner Homeless is authorized for them to pull as well. Okay. okay. We're doing item 37 today. We're drawing categories for the Medical Marijuana Advisory Board. And this board has nine categorical appointments, which are as follows. What's that? <laughs> Who thought about this one? Okay, thank you. Okay. Um, one, these are going to be the categories. One person with knowledge of the medical marijuana industry. One person with knowledge of the Broward County Public and Private Educational System and Broward County School Board. One representative of the Broward Sheriff's Office. Two representatives nominated by academic institutions with appropriate scientific knowledge and experience in issues related to medical marijuana. One representative from the hospital districts in Broward County. Two representatives from the business and economic development community. And one representative from the state of Florida uh, uh, of health in Broward County. We have one public uh, poll on this. Russell Rand, if you'd like to speak. Can you do the timer? Thanks. I forget if it was uh, Shakespeare or um, Moses that said too many lawyers can spoil the stew. <laughs> and when you need a Solomon here, and we, we don't have one. I do have a script for my shoes, by the way. My ingrown toenail is much better, much better. Uh, how, far we've, how far we've come over the last few years and decades, where marijuana used to be a gateway drug to heroin, Oxycontin, and everything else, and now it's a gateway drug off heroin, Oxycontin, and everything else. Um, uh, we've had our tragedies uh, with the hurricanes, and Northern Carol California has had incredible tragedy. And I'm told some $40 billion of medication went up in smoke to quote uh, Cheech and Chong and all. Um, and that's an awful lot of tax revenue, too. And uh, 
all of a sudden you're looking at tax revenue. So whether it's $400 million or $5 million or $14 million that may be going into the coffers in the futures, you're looking at a, a revenue stream and all. And what used to be illegal is all of a sudden uh, status quo and all. I want to point out the incredible irony that um, this is being put forth by the Office of Professional Standards, and they're the ones that I uh, blew the whistle to 20 years ago that said that dumping large quantities of chemicals, making meat, asbestos, drug manufacturing, etc., that led to the arrest of the chemical engineer, just as I told you in advance, that all of a sudden this professional standard unit that can't find any wrongdoing anywhere in Broward County uh, is issuing marijuana licenses and having an advisory board. I, I can't help. I'm standing here because your processes don't work. I'm standing here because of that. And the irony that the professional standard unit would be issuing uh, marijuana and advisory boards. It's just, I can't make this up. Thank you. Thank you, Russell. Okay. Staff has prepared an envelope. And we're going, oh, I'm sorry. Commissioner Mark wants to speak. <laughs> Thank you. And I, I do appreciate that Mr. Rand has such a wide-ranging wardrobe. Um, but, but just to clarify, you mentioned marijuana multiple times. It is medical marijuana, and that's the purpose of this advisory board. Now, so I'm happy to move forward with this, but I, I just do have one concern, and that's that oftentimes when we pick a category, it is literally like you know picking out of a out of a out of a hat or whatever he's going to put those in an envelope. Um, and you may draw, for example, the historic preservation board. You may draw industrial archaeologist or anthropologist. If you, I didn't happen to know any of those. I did know a, a hell of a historian and an architect and a contractor and a person who's doing a great job, so great that they make, made him the chairman as soon as he got on the board. My, my only concern is that we're trying to address these categories, and a lot of, oftentimes we get to a point where we get a category that we really can't find the right, or we may have the perfect person in our mind to, to make an appointment to, and we can't because it's a category. Um, and I know that if we were to change anything, it would be an ordinance change. Um, might I ask, just at least ask the question, do, do any other commissioners have any, any issue picking a category and, and uh, not necessarily being able to address it? Mayor. Yes. I, I think Commissioner Lamarca needs to expand his circle of friends. <laughs> Any other comments? Are you in it or out of that circle? <laughs> right now, I'm still in. All right. <laughs> You're on the edge. On the edge. Right. <laughs> I like it that way. <laughs> okay, we're going to go ahead and pick. M Mr. Mayor, you know, I haven't been involved politically as long as my fellow people here on the dais, but I was told never to take envelopes when people are handing envelopes. Uh, <laughs> you know, I, I was told to stay away from envelopes, so I... Uh, <laughs> It's Orlando, and he still thinks football is played with a soccer ball. Scratch what I said. I got a good category. Change it. No, I get no, I get okay. Mr. Mr. Acting Mayor. Yes. Since the mayor and Commissioner Holness aren't here, can we trade and give them the two bad <laughs> That's not a bad idea right there. Hey, if they wanted better ones. Right, they would have stayed. I need a motion to extend the meeting for another. Moved. 
Okay, do I have a second? second. Motion extended for okay. how many minutes? Ten. Ten minutes. I'll swap with the <laughs> Can we swap? I'm oh, good. I'm no, I send it my yeah, phone. Well. Is there any reason not? I, I, I don't even want to know what you have. I know you want this one. I know you want this one, Chip. Let's swap it. County Attorney, does it matter if we swap? Can we swap? I, is there Marty Zerk prohibition on trading? I don't. Does it end up saying? I have seen them do that before. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> okay. Does sure. it end up stay, does that it, does that category though end up staying with the district from this point on? I I we go memorial. What you get? So I have notes, you know. Yeah, I mean, you have at least a more option. You have two to choose. Are you going to get a second? Well, yeah, I already got it. 10 minutes. We didn't vote on it. I did. <laughs> no, we did. Okay. Are we voting? We voted. Yeah, 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 sure yes. Yeah, we no, we, we actually did do that. County, the question to the county attorney: Once the once these um, categories are established, they are established for. I, I, I believe that until the ordinance is, is changed, that these become your category for the, for of selection. For this district, this becomes their category. Yes. Okay. Everybody, just and, and, just so everybody. And, just so everybody recognizes and, that. And, and Mayor. I thought this was but, but, your term, and that we get to redraw it when these people terms expire. Is that? No, to, it To clarify, that, that is in perpetuity, unless you guys decide to do otherwise. Right. No, you should have told me that before your term. Hmm. I would have tried that. And, well, but, well, we did. We did. Vice Mayor. That was, then. What, what is the sense of this? If I pulled something that said the, the Department of Health of Broward County. I mean, the, the head of the Department of Health is going to pick who they want to be on this. What kind of a, a choice is that for a commissioner, then? Um, I mean, I don't know. Ms. What, Mr. So, Cassini, would you like so to just expand on what the, the categories mean? Essentially, they do our, their appointments from, from those. That's what's, that's what's stated in the... Uh, but you're, I mean, you have names and not. Senator, we're trying to look. At, we're trying to look at the um, actual the ordinance to see specifically what it says. The, the category actually says uh, it's one representative from the state of Florida Department of Health. Um, it is, we need to check the ordinance. But it's your appointment, as, as and you draw from the, uh, a person from the Department of Health. As I understand it, it would be your choice to. Well, that's not my, that's not been my understanding. When okay, I well, had a similar thing where it had to come from BSO, they picked the person. So it really doesn't really give you um, an opportunity to pick. Acor I mean, according to this, okay, and, I read, and I read the categories that you're you're, and I'll read them again real quick, and we'll see who has what. One person with knowledge of the medical marijuana industry. Who got that one? I have the scientific knowledge. So do I. I have, so there's two for that. Okay. Who has a, one person with knowledge of the Broward County public and private educational system? Those, those, it's one of those two commissioners that the mayor. staff pulled mayor for. The mayor. mayor. Okay. One representative of the Broward Sheriff's Office. Right. I'm sure the sheriff won't mind at all. Right. Two representatives nominated by, nominated by academic institutions with 
appropriate scientific knowledge. That must be this. Yeah, if they're so, nominated by that. Did you, is that what you had? Let me, Mr. One, May. one representative from the hospital district. Right here. Okay. But oh. Two representatives from the business and economic development community. I got one of those. Okay, who else got the other one? I'm happy with that one, but if anybody wants to. No, what it's Dale okay. Get? I'm just making a point. And then one representative okay. from the state of Florida, <laughs> Department of Health. I have no idea who drafted okay. this thing. All right. Just, so, it, just, just to follow up, I had an appointment to the uh, Climate Change Task Force, and it was a uh, BSO, and I had someone that I wanted to appoint, and the, and I was told that that was not possible, that the okay. sheriff's office picks their person. Okay, so, so for right now. I, I, don't, I mean, I didn't know the other person, it's okay, but okay. it's not the choice of the commissioner when you're dealing, you know, with a, with a public entity but, like that. So right now, everybody write their name on the back of whatever you got, give it to Marty. But, Has everybody already done that? Everybody wrote, everybody wrote their name on the back? Yes. Everybody's good? They have them all. Okay. Vice Mayor. All right. And then, Vice Mayor, yes. May I just suggest one thing? If it if it turns out that the categories are unworkable for whatever reason, there's no uh, best efforts language or other language in the ordinance, or if uh, you're limited in whom you can choose and uh, you really wanted to choose someone else, this is wholly within the authority of the board to modify the ordinance. We could get it right if the if the categories are unduly restricted. Just at this point. You're selecting on these categories to see if they're workable. How about if we do this? Um, Commissioner Rich, Commissioner Rich, how about if we do this? How about if we, we say we'll accept these, we'll accept these um, categories subject to um, the institutions giving each of us three or more nominees? If they choose not to do so, then we can come back and we can revisit the ordinance. And, and perhaps we, we can write some, some specific language in there. Because I, I agree with you. We, we shouldn't, it shouldn't be dictated to us who we select. But if we have, say, three choices, I think that gives us some latitude to evaluate on our own. Right. right. Okay. Any other comments? Okay. All right. We're going to go to item 39. Yep. Mayor. Well, are, we, are we finished with that? Vice Mayor. I'm sorry. Still up the mic. Yeah, yeah. So we have to have a discussion as to, or hear from you guys, whether or not it's going to be an at-large rotation, an at-large appointments, the extra, the other two seats, or three seats, the, or the other three seats, or um, it's going to be on rotation. Okay, comments. At large, yeah, when we do that large, because it may get to the point where somebody, you know, is a pretty has strong desire to make an appointment, and it's right. popular thing was. Make Anybody it want to make a motion? Make it at large. Uh, motion. Uh, second. Right. Okay. We have a motion and a second. Mr. Gorge, does that mean it's whichever of us want to do it, it's a rush to who appoints first? Uh, <laughs> would you speak into the mic when you say that? No, no, upon advice of counsel, don't. <laughs> okay. All right, so there's a motion and, a, and there's, a, there's a motion and a second to do this at large. All those in favor? So that would be, I'm sorry, just for clarification, that would be available to everyone, at large availability. Okay. Yes. All those opposed? Thank you. No opposed? This will be done at large. Okay. Anything else on this? Thank you, Mr. Chair. Okay. Thank you, Mark. Okay. We're on to item 39. I have three pulls from the public. We're going to start with Joe Goldstein, then Eileen Mickelson, and then Russell Rand. Good, good afternoon. Again, Joe Goldstein. Uh, since I was here already on, on another item, I thought I'd speak on this. 
Uh, as I think most of you know, but maybe not all of you, um, I'm a business litigator, but I specialize in government contracts. I started out as an attorney for the Air Force for four years, and then I've been with Shuts and Bowen since 1994, since then, specializing in government contracts. I do federal, I do state, I do county, I do city, bid protests all over the country. Um, and so I wanted to give you my opinion as to um, your selection of hearing officers and a little bit as to your process. Um, let me tell you where your process gets it right. The, the first step in your bid protest process is even before a bid protest goes to a hearing officer, it goes to uh, Mrs. Billingsley as your director of purchasing. In my experience in all the procurements that I do on the federal and state level, Bid protests with a lot of merit, and you have to always show arbitrary and capricious, it's that first level where I win 50% of my bid protests. So you, you guys have that process. There's sometimes I would want Ms. Billingsley to be more proactive, but there's sometimes I'd like her to be less proactive. So whatever you do, that you have that step, and that, that, that works well. What, what doesn't work well is two things in Broward County. Uh, and I've got no... I, I, a third of my time I represent governments. Uh, Commissioner Ryan can tell you I represented at the tri-rail recently where he went against me and staff on, on, a, on, a, on a bid protest there. Um, so it does happen. So, so sometimes I represent the government. I represent the state agency for health care administration in a multi-billion dollar procurement. So I have that government practice. A third of the time I'm representing the winner. So I love your process when I'm representing the winner because you always win, always. You know, maybe in the history of I've been doing this, I think maybe the county's lost one, maybe two protests at that hearing officer level. And then on a third circumstance, I'm, I'm representing the protester. Here's what I would recommend to you, um, and I sent it to your county attorney earlier. There's already a body of administrative law judges at the Division of Administrative Appear uh, Appeals and Hearings, DOA it's called, and they handle uh, a ton of administrative law cases, including procurement cases, and they're available for hire. It's $149 an hour, but they, they do, if, if I can have another minute, please. Um, so I, I strongly encourage you to look to hiring DOA. And then the second thing I, I encourage you to do is look at the process in your bid protest. You can't protest misrepresentations. You can't protest the result. You can only protest deviations in the process. It's, it's an absurd uh, uh, carve-out that you have. That's your big problem. Get good get, – get, get, paid professional hearing officers who have experience in procurement, and get rid of these carve-outs that you have in your code. Thank you, Mr. Goldstein. Mr. Chair, question? Yes. Uh, I guess it's to you and may end up being to Mr. Goldstein. My understanding is, uh, I just want to verify, that the matter in front of us today does not include a lot of the issues that Mr. Goldstein was dealing with, but is limited to the process of selecting hearing officers. Is that correct? correct. Or I'm, I'm going to allow uh, okay. Commissioner Bogan to explain his motion to begin with. Uh, after, after, after these three speak, okay, and then he'll, he'll fill you in. Uh, Ms. Mickelson. Good afternoon, Vice Mayor, members of the Commission staff. I want to preface my remarks by saying I'm not telling you the County Attorney's Office does a bad job. It's not the purpose of my getting up, but I am supporting Commissioner Bogan's motion. And I support it for a number of reasons. I'm as concerned as Mr. Goldstein about the carve-outs. If you're going to have a real protest process, everything needs to be on the table, and it needs to be able to go to an impartial body. The fact that the county decides 
who will be the hearing officer year after year, and the county is the employer, has a perception to it that seems to me to be against your code and your charter, which says you want to avoid the appearance of impropriety. One way to do that is use a body that has no dog in the fight, because they don't have to worry if they're going to get rehired next year if they rule against the county. I asked your staff in the past three years how many times the county had lost a bid protest. Do you know what the answer is? I bet you do. It's zero. And I'm not saying they didn't do a good job. This is perception. And so I want to urge you to support Commissioner Bogan's motion. I think he's on to something. I think it will help you with the process. And I also urge you to listen to Mr. Goldstein, who has tremendous experience in this area, about using a body, either DOA or one similar, that has a lot of procurement experience and not hire individuals, but hire the agency. Thank you. Thank you very much. Mr. Rand, you have two minutes. Again, this is my 46th year of government, my 43 plus years with the county. And in my training years ago, 40 decades ago, uh, we had hearing examiners for the environmental and everyone was not impartial. Everyone was on the county's side, no matter what. And he was, he was told stuff on the side that nobody heard. He was well trained and as Eileen points out, the county can't lose. My ancestor was probably there at the signing of the Magna Carta, and you don't rule by divine right, but by the consent of the government, of the governed, who are watching at all times. And um, I literally stand here without my job, etc., without an arbitration, without a fair and impartial person, only by your system that is totally skewered against uh, somebody like me, the little person who's trying to storm the citadel. I don't have frivolous issues. I have very relevant issues. Uh, there are people that are suffering terribly, dying from hurricanes that I've spoken of for decades. Uh, you know, I'm concerned with real science, not political science. There is no fairness within your system. I have reams of crap from you people that protect this. That's shameful. That's shameful in these times. And uh, your hearing examiners are totally skewered. Uh, none of your processes work. And they all have these little things of, you know, you can't argue the end, you can't, you, you know, little points of blah, blah, blah. You know, like the charter review, they did 40 pages of a point of contention. I stand here, this is proof positive your system doesn't work. Thank you, Mr. Rand. There's no impartial people connected with Broward County. And you can't rule against the county. Do we need a motion to extend? Do I, can I get a motion? To the completion of the agenda. Okay. Second. All those in favor? Aye. Any opposed? Okay. That passes unanimously. Um, Commissioner Bogan, would you like to bring forth your uh, motion? Item? Um, what I what I want to start out by saying is is that um, I know this may not be certainly it's not a good example, but I'm going to sue you, and my hearing officer is going to decide whether I'm right or wrong and I'm gonna pay the hearing officer, I'm gonna select the hearing officer, and it's gonna be determined who's right and wrong, and even if that hearing officer is fair, impartial, and honest, it certainly smells bad, it looks bad, 
and I came upon this with you know, Mr. Davis's situation. He went through the process. I, we have to believe in the process, but I think our process needs to be changed. And the first thing, and we're not voting right now to change it. This is not to change anything. I'm asking to direct the county attorney to come back with suggestions. But I want to amend my motion. One is I want to see how we can come back with a hearing where it's fair and impartial by appearance and by impracticality. Second, I like what Mr. Goldstein said, and also come back on how maybe our code needs to be changed so everything is on the table. Everything's on the table, so if there is something wrong, any a bid protester can say it. As far as the other comment was, it's been over 10 years um, where a protester in this county has prevailed. So in the past 10 years, no protester, um, with respect to procurement, and I'm only talking about procurement, has been successful. Maybe they shouldn't be. I'm not saying that anything's done wrong. I'm saying that we should have our attorney come back and make recommendations, and I hope you'll support that, and don't let uh, Commissioner Ryan speak. <laughs> Commissioner Geller. Thank you, Mr. Mayor, and I'm glad that Commissioner Bogan expanded his, his motion because I don't think if the particular issue is who the hearing officers are, uh, I think that the issue is rather what they can consider. I, I really don't have a problem. The, the way that right now it's done is that my understanding is the county uh, commission, county attorney's office solicits for hearing officers and that they, they go out and there's 16, I think, and, and that they're picked on a rotation basis without... And if that's the case, I mean, most government entities, DOA, which is the state Department of Administrative Hearings, they have ALJs, but they also work for the state. Most cities, most counties appoint hearing officers that are hired by them. I don't think if that is necessarily the problem. I think if the problem that you've correctly touched on, Commissioner, is that they never... The county never loses, and I, I don't think that's because all of the hearing officers are prejudiced in favor of the county. I think it's because our code is written in such a way that they are extremely limited as to what they can hear. I do think that it looks bad that the county never loses. So I think that we should discuss this further, that changes should be made. We're not going to resolve this now. But my personal view is it's not so much who the hearing officers are, but rather what they're permitted to hear. Commissioner Marka, then Commissioner Ryan. I'm going to support this, uh, th this issue with the, uh, with the understanding that uh, we're going to look at the process, we're going to look at uh, clearly the results. And we could say, you know, uh, there is a, there's a long line of success, but uh, eventually somebody's got to win on the other side. And, you know, when I, uh, decided to make a very short but uh, meaningful run at uh, the seat. There was, a, uh, there was a couple that lived in Coconut Creek. I didn't know who they were. Um, quite honestly, they uh, turned out to be uh, good friends, and uh, they wouldn't have been political allies if I just met them out of, out of, uh, out of the blue. But they had this 11-year-old uh, husky named Brandy who had hip dysplasia that was uh, identified as a dangerous dog due to the former ordinance that we had here. Went before a hearing officer. The hearing officer ordered the uh, termination of this 11-year-old husky. Uh, we came back and we brought that dangerous dog law back. And with Commissioner 
uh, Lieberman and the other uh, commissioners that were there at the time, we had a 9-0 vote to basically follow state law. And that spared that dog's life. That dog lived for another couple of years with the family as they moved to Georgia. And, um, you know, one of many things, whether, it, whether it's a procurement issue or anything else with, the, with hearing officers, I think we need to be objective and have somebody from, uh, somebody, quote, unquote, from the outside, if you will. And uh, I, I'd be very comfortable with the uh, county attorney's office taking a look at the process. Commissioner Ryan. Uh, the points made by um, Commissioner Michelson and also by Mr. Goldstein are, are well-founded. Um, the appearance of bias is enough for us to just look at the process. So if, in fact, we use uh, uh, DOE officers uh, to hear these um, appeals, um, that's, that may be a good idea. If we expand the criteria that may be considered for appeal, again, Maybe if we do this in, in the context of a matrix of, of if, you, if you consider this issue or criteria in order to take the appeal, what, is the, what are the benefits and the concerns you know, that you might bring to us? But what I want to make sure is we, when we talk about doing this, we're not going to consider us sitting here on this day as doing de novo uh, appeals. We're not going to hear all of the evidence and grind it all out again. I mean, that's why you have a hearing officer. So that will not be part of the, the choice selection. Okay. Just, and everybody's nodding their head. Commissioner Bogan to close. You know, in, in respect to Commissioner Geller's comments about uh, people, those officers, uh, hearing officers being appointed by the state or the county, in arbitrations all over this country, both sides pick somebody, as you know. You have to agree on who that person is. And then if they can't agree, there's a method for that. But I hope that you'll consider the county attorney's office as an option. So we, you know, the county could still pay for it, like they do now. But if Steve and I are on opposite sides and we agree that Tim's the, uh, you know, the arbitrator, that now he's not working for the county. He's, he's being paid by both sides. And um, anyway, I just thought that that is an option. And, but I want to amend my motion to direct the county attorney's office not only to consider about the hearing officers, but also to consider about making this, I don't know, the best wording about making it a level playing field and considering everything. Well, that sparked more comments. So Commissioner Udine and then Commissioner Geller. If there's a better way and a fairer way to do it, then I want our county attorney to look at the better and fairer way to do it. But I'm reluctant to see us go down a path that's just going to pile more costs onto small businesses and onto applicants. So, I, no, no, no. I, I want them to look at this. But when we talk about, you know, when you go into an arbitration, the way it usually works is if I'm, a, if I'm the plaintiff, I appoint one. If you're the defendant, you appoint one. And then they get together and they appoint one. And that's a real fair way to do it. It's also really expensive. So I just want to make sure that what we do doesn't, preclude it and make it even harder for small businesses and for any businesses to contract with the county. Because I got to tell you, a lot of our procurement code is checking boxes that are form over substance. And I'm not saying it in a bad way, but when we just had one right here where the prime has to disclose if they're sued and a sub who happens to be bigger than the prime on the other side just because it's the way the code's written doesn't have to disclose, but there's more lawsuits exactly on point in Broward County than we've gone to form over substance. And I want to make sure that we're doing it the right way to get the correct people into our 
our process. And I just would hate to see us. It, it's getting more and more difficult to do business with a government entity because there's so many boxes that you have to check that that's the reason that small businesses can't do it because it's so darn expensive all the way through. Like, those are my comments. But okay. if there's a better way to do it, let's do it. Commissioner Geller. Uh, Commissioner Udine made some of my comments, which is, again, Commissioner Bogan, when you go the three-man arbitration, three-person arbitration, that is paid for by the private entities. When you go to court, you have a judge in criminal cases, and that's appointed by the state or elected by the state, and it's state versus. So you asked in your question how other government entities do it, and almost every government entity does it the way Broward does, which is choosing hearing officers. So, you know, but I agree with you that there's a problem here. I agree with you that the county attorney should look at this. And uh, I would ask that the county attorney also take, rather than just do it yourself, take input. Let people know that you're doing this. You have two people here that clearly are experts. Um, Mr. Goldstein, Ms. Michelson, I'm sure that there's many others that have handled these appeals that will tell you what the problems are and have been. So I would urge you not to just limit this to your own office, but to let you know perhaps some of the unsuccessful people that have filed arbitrations know that the county is looking at this and seek public comment on that. I but, think that's important. Okay, thank you. But, county Attorney, does this need a uh, motion? or is No, this no it, it doesn't need a motion, and I don't want to prolong the meeting, but may I comment just for one minute? Sure. It, it's important to note that what we're dealing with here is administrative law, which is a very different animal from uh, a commercial law in, in a lot of ways. I used to practice a lot of administrative law earlier in my career, and in administrative law cases, particularly in procurement cases, the government is going to win in virtually every instance for two reasons. Number one, we have extraordinarily good staff that has the ability to correct errors at, at various uh, entry points. And number two, the standards that are based upon common law uh, in procurement are very, very deferential to the governmental entity. So while well, DOE is an interesting idea, and I'm not going to preclude anything uh, it, it's expensive, and we have to look at what can be, what the scope of the hearing is going to be. I will say that to Mr. Goldstein's point, I looked at our procurement code years ago, and there were some things that I thought ought to be eliminated from the scope limitations. I think the scope ought to be expanded. I will also tell you that my reason for believing that is I want to put as much into the administrative hearing process as possible because the standards are very, very deferential towards the governmental entity, and it, it uh, anyway, uh, there, there are a lot of factors here. We will certainly take input and very carefully analyze it, and I certainly understand the optical uh, situation and trying to avoid uh, at least the appearance that there may be a lack of impartiality. Okay, so you have all the information you need, so we can go on to the next item. Okay, thank you. Um, with that, we're going to go to item number 44. Uh, this is a motion to amend 2017 Broward County Board of County Commissioners meeting schedule to reflect changes. Second. All those in favor? Aye. Any, any opposed? Uh, I'm absent. I know you're going to be the holiday. <laughs> okay, that, that passes unanimously. All right, we're on to the <laughs> we're on to the mayor's report. Actually, we're going to go right to Commissioner Udine, non-agenda. Um, so I just have one comment. 
that, and I know I've spoken with the county attorney about this, but I just wanted to mention it publicly. You know, as we talk and as we observe this opioid crisis that we're seeing nationwide, and, you know, with the amount of dollars that we spend on it as the county as part of our social services and the state sp spends on it, whatever it is, <clears throat> and, the, you know, the, the health and safety issues involved there, and it's funny, I was, I've been thinking about this, and I actually mentioned it to him a few weeks ago, but I, I told him I would bring it up soon. But then I was watching 60 Minutes again over the weekend, and they did a huge expose on some of the laws and some of the requirements, and it got me thinking even more. And I know I've spoken to the county attorney about this, but I think that what we're going to see next in this whole process is similar to the cigarette litigation that we saw in the past. And I want to make sure that we and, and Broward County is going to be probably one of the main, we could potentially be, with the dollars we're spending, one of the main plaintiffs when the states and everybody looks at this. So I just want to make sure that our county attorney and bring it up to the board is looking and pursuing that route because the earlier people that get in, history show, has shown us on these class action type of things, the ones that get in earlier are going to be the one that's going to get the most monetary benefits out of this. And I'm not looking to make money off this, but we could go through our budget and see how much money we are spending either directly or indirectly related to this problem. Plus, as someone once told me, it's the right thing to do. So those are my comments. Okay, thank you. Commissioner Rich? Nothing today? Commissioner Bogan, you already said enough. <laughs> go ahead. Nothing Mr. Ryan. No comments, Mr. Vice Mayor, except that you did a great job here this afternoon. Thank you so much. Commissioner Geller? Nothing. County Administrator? County Attorney? Vice Mayor, I'll get a memo out by the end of the week showing what we're doing in the opioid situation, and then we can take direction from the board. Thank you. Thank you so much. County Auditor? Okay. This meeting is adjourned. Yeah, we'll call Let's call him. Right. This meeting is adjourned. <laughs>